Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the next member of Villainy Inc., Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 423. That's an odd one, Eric, and it's an odd one to be in the Villainly, Villainy Inc. That's a Villainy hateful Inc. group. That's a hateful group, is Eric. It? What are you doing? Throwing milk at people? Now, what the thing is, is it a hateful group or is it just members of the group hateful? I don't know. Some of the, the members... Now they are all hateful, I guess, except for that mirror image of Wonder Woman. Dr. Poison kind of a hateful person, so I guess it's one of those. I think that both deal, you know, and I hope that in the story coming up, there is at least one like, you better pick your poison. Can we do that at least once in that? I mean, everything else this week is sports, right? Exactly. Get the KGBs there, right? There you are. But hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome all you weirdos of the Get Fresh crew. And yeah, we have a bunch of books here tonight. Not quite a plethora, but minus one of a plethora, if you know what I'm talking about, Eric, right? But before we go into all that, please go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get reviews of just about all the books that come out each and every week from DC. You get the skewings and the reviewings and maybe even some clever little headers. Eric, that I might Maybe. even bring, I might bring one up later of one I should have used, didn't, but I still like what I did use. Just think of that, Eric. Think of how fun that'll be. Yeah. Also, go over to our Patreon to support us for everything we do here on the regular feed, but get a ton more podcasts. That's at patreon.com slash weird science. One of the things that me and Eric here do each and every week, Thursday night, like you could time it. With the watch, Erica, and you could go. I think you end up where me and you (laughs) get together. Thursday somewhere. It's Thursday somewhere. It's five o'clock everywhere. You end up going to the Patreon, and we have our DC Comics Badass Spotlight Patreon only show podcast, where we end up talking about two books picked in a poll by the badasses, the upper level, the upper echelon of the Get Fresh crew over there on Uh the Patreon. Uh huh. And they ended up picking two pretty big ones. I thought we were going to get the Bendis. What do you call that again? The Bendis the, breakdown. The Bendis Jim. Come on. breakdown. I like to call it the Bendis breakdancing. I start doing illegal head spins. It's all fun. You can but, barely move. What are you doing? That is true. If I tried to do that, there would be so many pulled muscles. Right, you that just I'm fall down you. the steps and say, I'm breakdancing over here. Yeah, yeah. I'm break, da- break neck dancing. I, I'd have problems. And my kids would, as they do, run, laugh at me, point and uh-huh. laugh and run away. Which they did that one time. Daddy's that such I, a prankster. I ended up, I fell down the stairs face first. The Chevy Chase, the freaking Warner household. <laughs> hey, there's that guy that falls down. Oh, that made me so we sad, that Dad. commercial. Uh, and I was laying there, concussion protocol. I'm there, there. I need somebody to help me to the tent. My kids end up where they ran past me. Had to, like, step over me like AI and then run up and tell everybody else so they could all point and laugh at me. I was so upset. Oh, and then Tanya comes down and says, oh, do you need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, I need to start punching people is what I need to do. Uh, But we had two books, as we always do. And one of them was part of the Bendis breakdown, as you call it. We did skew it a bit. It was Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes number three. That book's a lot of nothing. But we had talking fun about talking it's about it. back to the Legion of Superheroes Millennium that Bendis did, and he's really <laughs> pushing these ideas that he's already done over and over again. I just like that you said Harkin, but also 
that I thought you were going to say it harkens back to the big, great darkness, you know, deal. I'm like, oh, my. No, 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 you were good with the it's millennium deal. In vain in my mind. I mean, yeah, it is. And we're just I'm just waiting for Rose and Thorne to show up. And then we have a party, Eric, as you know. But we also talked about probably the book that I was looking most forward to this week. Uh, the Jurassic, Jurassic League. League. Uh, me and you. I don't know if everybody thought we were having, me and you were having fun together, oh, though, talking about different dinosaurs and stuff. But again, a book that we were a little bit disappointed. You're going to have to go over and listen to it on the Patreon. But it was one of those where I didn't think, and neither did you, think that it got met. Oh. It got past, never got past the initial stage of, hey, Dinosaur Justice League. So you can see what we think. And if you disagree, rules? you can talk about, yeah, what rules? What, where's the story? But with all of that, that's where we go to right now, Eric. As you know, when we talk about that, what is it called? The Patreon-only okay. badass spotlight podcast show. We also give a little shout-out, a little roll call to the badass. This is the Get Fresh crew. We and these are all of the wait, people wait. you can blame each and every week for what is on the spotlight. We have Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Bat, Dad Mitchell. The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stuart, Michael S., Horace, Pauly, Cam, Joseph Bodchick, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Red, Matches Balone, Niels T-Word, he's a cuddle camp, Aaron, David Bank, Joey Bear Costco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, check out his YouTube channel, Cellar Dweller, that guy did some voting this week, Mark Jager, oh. Aldrin Scotia, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf, Marv, Eric, Luke Hollywood, probably Drunk Simon, Luis, Scott Manship, Scotty Boy. Manship sends me a note. Man, I'm really getting into this Naomi. I'm so glad. I can't wait for I'm like, it's canceled, Manship. Stop. Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, Randy Murray, and Double Aaron in Minnesota. Possibly eating some fried foods on a stick right now. My wouldn't All time Reggie. But yeah, you end up where Manship, he's like, finally, he's into this Naomi show. Just he let me. him have it, okay? And, well, Don't break his balls over this. Not, I'm not breaking his balls. I ended up writing Don't back. Disappoint I said, the poor it's boy. It's canceled. He thought in some wacky way that you were actually going to get some, you know, answers to Naomi either on the show or the book. I said, you're dead end in Look, both sides of I can understand where he's coming from. I waited until the other week to start watching Batwoman for the first time, and it was that day that I started watching it that it says, Batwoman canceled. Yeah, it's you and Manship. You're, you're bad luck. Now, with Great. that, the funny thing is you, both of them canceled. I think the uh, Legends of Tomorrow, they, they came in, yeah. uh, and I mean Discovery, AT&T, they came in and they're kind of cleaning some house. And it's not just like, it seems like they're like, okay, this stuff has to end. We'll start our new thing. You get that when a new regime comes in. They want to have their thing and put their stamp on it, whatnot. Uh, but Naomi, you have that show. But Batwoman, I've never heard one positive thing about that show. I've never seen it. So I can't say good, better, and different. But all I always see is how, but yet that trends when it comes out. Naomi, I've heard nothing about it. Like, I've never seen a trend nothing. either. Yeah, it's what, Batwoman or no, no, Naomi? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even trend. I never hear anything about it. So that I didn't think was a shock. Plus, you end up having source material where you could probably, you know, squeeze out a quarter of an episode in that. And so it just, I don't know. It just didn't seem to be hitting with 
comic book fans or TV fans alike, Eric. And that's a dangerous, dangerous combo there. But with all of that, yeah, that's what I say. I don't really watch the television Let me tell you things I don't know anything about by Jim Werner. Dangerous combination. I have my ear to the pulse of the streets, Eric. Amanda Sawyer. Listen to this. You're you're playing the devil's hand, Amanda Sawyer. They know what I'm talking about, Eric. That spines on your back like a dinosaur. Stegosaur squad, right? Is that what you have? Test Force Rex. (laughs) Test Force Rex works. See, Eric, you're doing it again. You're making me look terrible. Also, you have like. A triceratops as Two-Face, but it's Tri-Face, right? See, I'm doing it now, Eric. I'm on board with you. I am ready to go. Tri-Face. Oh, my. But I feel like they did that somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. They might have. But here we are. We have a bunch of books to go. We have a bunch of Batman stuff to start out with. So we're going to go right about now and start that up. Eric Shea, Eric Shea, the comics most of his life. Eric Shea, Eric Shea, won't make jazz his wife. You know he can barely see from even inches away. He's a continuity kid. He's a hero, Eric Shea. Yes, Eric, the show is for you. It is the spotlight on one Eric Shea. Goodbye, everybody. America's sweetheart. For me, it's over. It is for you, and as you always tell me, go read comics. comics. Like the comics that we're going to talk about in this first section of books that I like to call the Batman Super Section, Eric, is what I say. It is the Rex Luthor section, right? Am I right, Eric, or am I right? I mean, seriously. I am right. We have, you know, I was going to say the big book. It is. It's got a lot of pages, the Urban Legends deal. But I forgot all about Urban Legends. I ended up telling you, hey, we'll get together at this point. I'm like, oh, crap. I have all the time, though. I, but I ended up where I never really put the Urban Legends in the right folder to realize. So with that, though, the reason I bring it up, I actually thought that I Am Batman was going to lead off the podcast. And I thought, oh, man, it's, it's doing it. it it's doing it. It could have still. It would have been weird to do that than go to the Batman Urban Legends because, I don't know, just want to kind of get it done. But we're going to do that before we go in and remind everybody to go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, for reviews of most of these uh, books. But we're going to start off with that big sucker, Eric, Batman Urban Legends number 50. Now that I think of it, and I say this, I kind of want a vampire Batman story, like like that deal. Maybe we need a uh, multiverse deal. No, I mean, like in the but we had in the future deal. Maybe we have to go back to Holy Terror Batman, like a little. I don't know what you'd do with that. I just, I'm, I'm kind of bored with these stories, especially the two in this that are the Vita Ayala and the Mark Russell, where there's six issues. And holy moly, I, I don't think we need it to hang around for half a year. Thank God you love the Birds of Prey one, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great, too. But, you know, you end up where there'll be a bunch of creative teams, so I'm not going to say them all at the beginning here, but we're going to start off with the Vita Ayala story, as I already said. And it's the Bound to Our Will, part five of six. 
Annex, Vida Yalo writing, Nicolo Sismagia on art, Nick Filardi on colors, and Steve Wands on letters. And we're going to continue the story that I, I don't know about you, but I don't think it needed six issues to tell it. You told me before we started this that this part, this part five, it might be the easiest to understand. Oh, it totally I, I don't is know because that it's great, I've but... been struggling with this story since it started with the idea of what it means. Because right off the bat, I don't like the story for how it portrays Zatanna and Batman and their friendship of how in this, oh yeah, they used to, you know, date back when they were teenagers. And ever since they opened this rift, they barely talked to each other. They barely like each other. I'm like, you know what? This is one of these classic friendships that I love and I want to have you besmirch the good name of this. And then just continuing on the idea, like, Okay, that this one point in time, decades ago, they opened up a rift, and every year they got to try to close the rift. It doesn't work out. But then there's monsters in here that seem to have come out of the rift, even though it was going on in 1967. I'm like, even further back. I mean, exactly. Another rift. This one kid, freaking, I can't remember his name. I want to call him Jay Parks, but I don't know if that's his name. (laughs) Now he's possessed by a demon, and then Batman is a ton. They're fading away, but you forget that because it's never really shown properly half the time. Like. I have such a hard time with this story and how it's presented. But this issue, we have Constantine and Batman who've been sucked over to the other side, the almost other like connective dimension of these demons. They're like almost like an internal kind of aspect of them themselves. And Batman is able to take over one of the demons so he can go and talk to Zatanna and come up with a plan about how they're finally going to take out these demons and suck them back to their home dimension and shut that portal forever. I'm like, that was more straightforward than anything else that we've dealt with in this series. It was. The problem I have with it, though, is we had to wait till issue five of six to get there when I don't think we had to wait that long. And so you have this. And even then, you pointed out a bunch of things, some things that I remember less than you. And we read it, we review it all. You have a better memory than me. You usually remember some things. So right away, there is a little bit of a red flag for me that this isn't that interesting. And the idea of the things that you just said, they're not big things. Like the idea, oh, there was a kid and he got there. Like, that's the meat of the story. There's he had not a hard really that kid. You don't know. It. His parents died, but you know what? He always kept a stiff upper lip, and he remembered what his mama told him about helping other people. Why do we care about that? And then even then, what <laughs> I did so-called need... called Jay Parks, maybe. Yeah, and the, even the, the, one, of the, no, one of the big things of it was this fading away, which art-wise, it's a little wonky with that. Now, in this one, you get a little more of Zatanna being that, but you never really get Really, somebody just saying, hey, the stakes are this and you're about to fade. They who kind of stake? pop in and out, right? I mean, who did order the stake? So when you have this, though, what I hate, and Vida Ayala does something here that I just can't stand. And why are we getting this in a lot of books recently? Why are this new wave of writers doing this where you don't have a way to explain things? Where Zatanna's like, well, I have to do this stuff. I have to have these trinkets and little magic things. I don't know why I'm able to grab him because I'm kind of fading away. But, hey, I'm not going to love a gift horse in the mouth. Why are you doing that? Things that are just thrown out where she even just says, I'm just going to go with it. Because there's well, no way to explain it, it in, in the, the previous story. issue because they made sure to well, tell yeah, us that Batman and Satana are fading away and she can't do this. But I was able to grab this one thing or possibly the keyboard. I'm trying to remember how it worked. Remember she was the keyboard it, and- it was such a weird idea. But now in this issue, I can still touch magical items. Thank God. Yeah. She says, choosing not to question why I can still touch magic items. Just going to go with it. No, no, no. Tana's not saying that. That's what the name is Jackie Day. (laughs) Okay, because that definitely sounds like an R&B singer from like the 60s. Pretty good. You end up, though, where 
Like that that bothers me in an issue where you have the fifth of six issues here to tell the story and you're still fudging things. I really what I wanted through this whole deal was every time Satana and Batman yell at each other, Superman walks into the room, shakes his head whoa, and leaves. Whoa, That's whoa. what I needed. I needed him to be like always there looking at a you window. Guys and shaking his head. Fucking are you? Because I'm Superman. I'm not about to have that. You've got to respect her, Batman. And Superman. remember, that was that also, you know, basically said to Batman in, you know, like everybody and this is new and it feels weird because it's not any of the characters that you understand or recognize, even though you've read these characters for years and maybe most of your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. If you're, if you're that important. Uh, Yes, Superman at one point had the I have a shotgun and a shovel speech to Batman. But even that idea, when you guys came back, you couldn't even look at each other. So when you go through this, you do end up with Vidayala telling a story that just it doesn't feel right with the characters. The characters don't feel right. And it's just something where you're trying to get through this story. So hopefully, oh, my God, I hope that the Zatanna. And the Batman get well, along after Even when after you have this. that, they feel wrong for their interactions and their friendship and what they're doing right now because it's a forced narrative to what you need to do. But even when you have Constantine and Batman in this other dimension trying to reach through oh, Jackie Day to get to Zatanna, whereas Constantine is talking to Batman, the idea, oh, we have a, like a weird safe word like you do with a reviver as well, Batman. See, the there was this one time in Nantucket where we are doing like, you know, Life or death stakes right now. End of the world demon shit where Batman is a ton of my fade away forever. But we have Batman actually snort chuckle at freaking the limerick that, that Constantine is about to tell him. I'm like, who are these people? Hey, I love the Nantucket limerick. Uh, but yeah, even then, you know that Constantine's safe word is harder uh, as he goes through this. Don't stop. Even, even that's too hard. so confused. Even, even when things are going, you misplayed it, Eric. It's not Constantine and Batman. It's Constantine and Handsome it is who is teamed up here. But even then, I, I kind of lost track of what they were doing and what's going on. But it is easier to follow stuff. because at the end, you're just like, okay, you got to close the Let door. Let me on tell both you about sides. this safe word reviver out of nowhere because it's important to the story now and never has been before. So we have to dedicate an entire issue to the idea we have a word. And whenever we say this word to each other, we got to drop whatever the fuck we're going to do. And we have to follow that person in the hell and back or do whatever the hell they want because that's how we roll. Except for this one time when I was a real big dick about it and now I'm going to use it anyway. And Zatanna, because I was a real big dick about it years ago, she's going to be a dick about it now. But we'll eventually get over it. You know what? Batman Zatanna forever. Yeah, yeah there High you five. Go. and then as you do that, Constantine Reviver. has to do sexual innuendos and say, "Boy, that's the that's the biggest deal." <laughs> I'm surprised that at one point they didn't say, "Listen, we're gonna have to make the door that's usually an exit an entrance." He's like, "Hey, I'm all with you, baby." Like he almost says that's what that I at said. one point. He almost says it. It's not, it's not what she said; it's what I said. Exactly, <laughs> it's always what you said. But yeah, with that. That's all. Constantine is there to like hit on Batman, but also to remind Batman that him and Zatanna have a connection. That Batman ends up being able to put himself inside this body of this guy to go out and talk to Zatanna and apologize. Jackie then Day. you end up like all these things going on where the progression from Jackie Day running away from <laughs> Zatanna to then Batman is he what is he swiping the cigarette out of Constantine's mouth? Or is he becoming the Burning Man? I don't know. But you have these weird progressions. I think the art at points was kind of going towards like a Riley Rossmo kind of expression type deal that I didn't really love either. But overall, at the end, 
I just keep reminding myself, or this reminds me, that this isn't much of a story for six issues of this, and I just want it to end. Uh, I'm worried about what will replace it because they haven't had a really great story in this book in a while, but I just kind of want this one to end. I'm not really enjoying it. I just want Zatanna and you know Batman to go, and even the safe word that they have. Reviver. Reviver. That doesn't it doesn't feel like that's a clever thing. Like seems like an album name. Yeah, I wanted it to be something clever, something between those two, not just a word thrown out there for but no stuff. reason. Okay, and, let's yeah, go, Batman. Uh, yeah, exactly. There you go. The safe words <laughs> that is uh, K Y. They're like oh. you end up though where Tatana ends up. Now she's fading away. Now she's ghost girl. She's going through walls. And I mean, I don't even get what's going on in the story. Now we point. have a plan. Now we got to separate the possessors from the possessees. And in order to do that, we can then, you know, be able to push these beings back to their home dimension and finally shut this off and stop our connection between them. Because right now it's the connection between Zatanna and Batman and what they've done. And these demons coming through the portal. As long as you are on the other side with them. It seems like you're able to shut it off, but then you're going to have to try to make your way back to the portal before it's completely shut, locking them in. But the first order of the day is Zatanna coming in to the demons and pretty much leading them into a, like a pentagram kind of trap, you know, trapping them in the circle. So that she does a spell, breaking them her connection from the people like Jackie Day that they're connected That's to. That's okay. That ending is cool with the but separation now of the two demons. gigantic fucking HP Lovecraft hell beasts that then like, all right, we have these characters here that now Batman and Constantine and the other side are going to have to deal with. I'm like, well, good luck for you guys. Hopefully it works out. I'm not that invested with the story, so hopefully it works out. I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I think both of these guys will get out of there. But you end up, even then, Hidayala is already, for, like, why force the issue? Why have this where you do have them on both sides here? And you end up, well, we're going to have to close the door from both sides. Don't just say in this. And right before it closes, you two run out real quick. Like, that already feels like a forced escape plan where you have to just say it at this point. I don't know what we'll do. We'll have to figure this out. But when you do end up having these big demons, that's where Constantine says, I like them big, but this is a lot even for me. You get it, handsome? I mean, Batman's like, come Maybe on, stop the first it time. there, dude. I mean, really. Uh, but yeah, so with that, though... Just a little sexual in the end, though, with characters that don't feel like the characters you want to see in this. Yeah, and it's weird because it would be a funny play if you really saw Batman getting... it. Like, Constantine's doing this to really get under Batman's... Batman's chortling, and, you know, he's okay with it. I mean, I guess snort. that's what he does. It's like the worst. I'm like, you never want to hear Batman do that sound, ever. It's nothing that he would do. And uh, But yeah, again... That forced idea of we have to close at both sides. That's where you would have Constantine saying, no, hello, love, you go. The world needs you better. And then Batman says, no, he's just now Pigman. But, he, you know, and then at the last second, maybe Batman will say, but they've already set it up. When we close it, you guys run out real quick. I'm like, that doesn't seem like that's the way a mystical thing should be spelled out for the end. But I think it's okay at the end when you have those two big demons. At least I kind of get the concept. You got to fight them. All right, I understand that. Like a little I said before, more. it's the most comprehensive part of the series that we've seen so far. That still I can not understand. good, but at least you can understand it. At least you can do that, though. 
I didn't spend half this issue wondering if that was a Nazi lab scientist lady. And like, you know, I, I can get past that point now because we finally, I think it was last issue, had a, just a little old grandma come and possessed by a demon. But for whatever she's dressed, we spent half this series like, look at that Nazi scientist lady. I wonder what she's up to. Do, do you think that this story and a lot of these stories in the urban legends, even though it does come out each month, but because it's just an anthology deal, you don't really think too much about it. So, and I think that if you read this story back to back, this story made no sense. From well, the yeah, it, it might be, but it's like we talk about every time we talk about this issue. It's because of the four part stories that you have to then combine together as you're reading it. Stories start like, you know, you lose focus of one because you're on to the next and stuff like that. And then you have to wait another month to do it. So, unless you go back and read those individual things, I feel like when you go into each individual issue, you will feel lost initially. You do feel lost, but did we feel lost when we had? the grifter story with the red hood i didn't feel like we were when lost they involved then. halo i didn't because i didn't read enough Wildstorm. that was more <laughs> of a you know your stupidity i don't want to say just you didn't have the knowledge but i'm saying though we knew what had happened i think that these stories have gone way past the idea of being necessary or intriguing and even that i had a lot of problems with that even the idea of they're killing off the toy man it seemed like at one point mrs freeze i'm like i had no idea what was yeah, going on but at least you remembered it so you didn't, may not have understood each panel to panel but <laughs> when we got to the next one we remembered that i mean you're already saying more details of that it was a ruse okay, like, right but you're remembering a little more oh cold cash you got me again oh my cash money you end up with the next story with batman and plastic man and bending gorillas eric you get it and it's by Joey Esposito yes. with Art and Colors by Jason Howard and Pepper Sewn Letters. And Joey Esposito was a guy, I believe, was in the IGN Comics uh, podcast way back in the day. One of the things that I started with, with the whole comics deal. So I've been waiting because he was part of the workshop. And I've been waiting to see what he, what he got. Show us what you got here. There's not a lot of space to do anything here, and it's kind of a basic story. What are you talking about? You have Batman going after a guy who's going to is a, uh, trying to get away from witness protection, but he has to it's testify okay. against the Penguin. And in order to do that, he has to follow the guy to the Gotham City Dixon shipyard. Yeah, don't just start. Don't tell me. Then they go and make a left on Apero Avenue. I'm going to kill somebody, but. You do have that. And I'm like, saw come on. this. I'm like, yes, you're hitting all the marks here, for Jim. <laughs> Though with that. I don't know. A lot of people have kind of canceled Chuck Dixon, so that, that might be a bold move here, Eric. But You can cancel him all you want. He did a lot for Gotham City and Bloodhaven. You can't take the man away from the avenue, but the avenue. But yeah, Plastic Man, you don't get a ton of Plastic Man, so it's okay. It's a weird reintroduction to the idea where if you're just reading this book, you're not familiar with Plastic Man, where, you know, Eel O'Brien, as he was, is going to tell you how he was not such a good guy at some points before he got his Plastic Man powers, and all he was looking for was a second chance, and that's all he wants for his buddy Sampy, who's on the run now from Batman, because, you know, back in the day before he became Plastic Man, Sampy and, you know, Eel O'Brien, they went and took a little tourist thing to Gotham, which sounds awful to me, where the Joker then attacked, and Batman once saved their lives. So right there, Batman almost gave, you know, Eel and Sampy a second chance to the point where you know, the eel's like, man, I got to change my life around. Look at that fucking Batman. He just went and saved the day from these assholes. But you know what? I got that one more job I need to pull off because I, I, I gave my commitment. You know, Eel O'Brien, he's a man of his word. And then he got Plastic Man powers. And he's like, I want to be a hero. And now that Sampy has his chance, 
I think he'll do the right thing too and testify against the penguin. And I'm sitting here, but he's dead in prison. This ain't going to work out. <laughs> he better have, you know, some sort of deal where he does Unless go into witness protection. Unless Man remains as his bars in incognito mode, <laughs> like I wait for something to show up. He is dead. He is not testifying against the penguin. Because it is a funny deal. And, and uh, Esposito, Joey Esposito does a decent enough job because if you do know the origin of Plastic Man, which is very similar to, say, the Joker, where he ends up falling in some you know, chemicals, he gets the plastic, but, but he was on that last job. So you can't say, well, you know, I became plastic man. I was this good guy. No, no, no. You, you ended up having that happen on the job of doing some bad things, but then you ended up getting left behind, you know, the whole plastic man thing. And then he decided, I want to go against these criminals. It was such so a did- weird move back in the new 52, where you had the idea that plastic man at the beginning of the new 52 might've been on the just league international when Amanda Waller was putting stuff together. But Later on, he, he, you wouldn't see him again, but later on, you would then see the origin of Plastic Man in the Forever Evil series where it looked like, oh my god, Jeff Johns making a big push for Plastic Man because out of nowhere, during the crime syndicate invasion of Earth, you had this origin of Plastic Man. I'm like, oh man, this could be a big push for Elo O'Brien coming forward. And then you wouldn't see him again until he was like an egg in, in Dark Knight's Metal, and it felt really weird for like, why did everybody just drop Plastic Man out of nowhere? And now that we have him again here with all... You know, our multiversal reboots and infinite frontier where everything matters. I think it just goes back to basic. Yeah, and I like the basic one. I think that that's a pretty cool enough. It's very easy because even when you go again as the egg and in metal, it's like, oh, everybody knows Plastic Man and what he's been through and stuff like that. I'm like, do you? Because you haven't really fe- featured him a lot yeah, lately. Yeah, no, no. And so, yeah, I, I don't mind. And, and the idea that it goes with more of the second chance deal, like our second yeah. chance club, right? Uh, you know, and it didn't work out for Basil Carlo. <laughs> no, some people get annoyed, though, with the idea of, well, you don't have this is Plastic Man. So he's already, you know, been changed. He's already gotten a second chance. He's Age hero. It's fine. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, it, this isn't. And I saw like one or two people in some user reviews saying, Oh, it's ridiculous trying to make the villains that... No, no, no. He's not a villain anymore. He's using this example Seems of... Like, you know, the 1930s. <laughs> me do this. This is a guy. And I do like the play of him asking Batman, because Batman wants to go grab this guy and bring him in and force him to testify. But he says, let him do it on his own so that he can reform himself, that he can but go and do this. we got to make sure that he has the chance to do it his own, because Penguin has hired out the KGB to get the job done, and we're just continuing the freaking oddball tradition of making what once was the biggest bad that Batman ever faced into a joke. Yeah, and it's weird, too. It's because- like a weird thing, because you had the KGB with freaking, you know, the, the, I can't remember how many nights of the beast it was, but, like, the idea that you had this guy that, you no, know, like, Batman was struggling with, to the point where he almost had to, like, you know, lock him up and, like, leave him to die how bad Batman fought this guy until later on because it started out with like Killer Croc and then I think it went to KG Beast was the next big and then when Bane did it you had to show Bane had to kick the crap out of Killer Croc to show you how big Bane was but every time you see these characters anymore for how many years removed we are if I could you know 30 to 40 it's just like well they ran their course let's show them this being shit it was 10 and nights like, it was... up immediately 10 nights of the beast I can always forget I always want to say 7 I for always some want reason. to say 12 for some reason, I don't know. It's, it's like Christmas. Christmas. It's like Christmas. <laughs> On the fifth <laughs> night of the beast, KGB escaped to me. I don't want it. A bullet no, in the head. Ah. You're dead. You're Nightwing. And so with all that, too, it is funny because of this infinite frontier type feel of the story. This feels like what you usually get in an anthology where it's not in any particular time. Like, you can't yeah. sit there and like, man, Batman should really be pissed off because of what he did here, there, or the other place. Unfortunately, like you said, a lot of the dumbed-down deal of KGB, though I will say him working here for the Penguins better 
than what you had in that Cecil Castellucci at the end of her Batgirl run, where I don't even know what the hell Beast was doing with the gold thing. Living gold bane. <laughs> so ridiculous. You know, we make this gold out of people. Yeah, it's made of people. It's a silent green of gold people. Uh, but yeah, well, you yeah, I turned that gold into my arm. Is my gold is my gold arm made of people? Yes, yes. You end up. You have penguin. You have KGBs. You have Joker. Yeah, you have some you know big hitters here and a quick story that's okay. And is the best out of the lot. It, it, it's a very quick plastic man Batman team up story that doesn't need to be here. It doesn't matter ultimately, but it's the best out of this whole series that we get. I say series. I mean this issue that we get. And and you know what? I'll give it a little more credit, Eric, uh, because. Yeah, Plastic Man, and this could get really wonky. It could get over-the-top joke. Can you get ambush buggy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it didn't. It actually has some heart for Elo to actually care about a guy who he thinks should get the same chance as him. So it ends up, okay, I'm not going to say it's great, but I didn't mind it. I think it is the best story in this book because we now continue to... Uh, the Birds of Prey in Memory Lane Part 2 of 3, Jay Grayson with the writing, Sir Jacuna, Ivan Placencia, and Josh Reed on the letters. That, how can you write a three-part story that becomes so convoluted in the second part that I barely even know what the hell well, is going on? because the idea that you're pushing here, you're dealing almost a Batgirl. And it's weird that we used to call it the Batgirl in the DCU during the Batgirl of Burnside era where everybody wanted to have that kind of... Batgirl of Burnside feel and look to their comics and they went overboard with it but this is almost the Batgirling of the Birds of Prey where the Batgirl's book that we have currently is just so overloaded with ideas and concepts that nothing ever feels like you know bit like You're fleshed right. out it's just always boom 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 and like all these things are here but you gotta stop and wonder why at the end of the day and you're never gonna get an answer so when you have the Birds of Prey three issue freaking story in this book you have all of these ideas where well, we have this guy named Noah who used to mess with people's minds and show them things that aren't real. But on top of that, you have a company that's putting out this phone app that if you download it, you push it, and then it activates your mind to have the best memories ever until things go bad. And then on top of that, you have Lady Shiva putting together, you know, this group of uh, like, you know, Birds of Prey members who she says that Batman put them together, even though nobody talked to Batman about it, and it feels like a weird situation. And then on top of that, you have the Unsanity Collective in the background who does who do mind stuff. So you have all of these concepts that you're freaking going through this, and then oh, Ultimately, it doesn't play out very well because you're still just wondering why these characters are here all together. Katana, Shiva, Miracle Molly, and Ghost. And I'm like, this is the Birds of Prey, and they're going like this against onto this mission that you don't know anything about except for Shiva said, yeah, Batman told me to do this. And to add on to things, like you already said, and it's weird because you have three issues. This seemed like something where... Like nowadays, you seem to get more of assigned stories than actually somebody with a pitch. And it seems like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then every, oh, that character has this. Miracle Molly does that. Ghost does. And there's not enough room for that. You, you don't need to necessarily deal with Katana wanting the app because she ends up missing Maceo. Because he's not a sword no more. So I have a phone app. <laughs> you already have way too many things. You, you have to go basic on this some of the things. This is the idea where I think about technology with phones and stuff like that, and people have, and the idea of stalking social media. But with, with Maceo not being in the sword anymore, like right there by, by Katana's side, it almost feels like he's gone and broken up with her, where now she's doing this phone app to like you know, activate good she's memories. She's checking his Facebook. Much, exactly. Yeah. That, that's like that's what the, it feels like. That is the 2022 version of riding slowly past your girlfriend's house to see if the light's on. Who hasn't done that after a few beers? You got to make sure they're okay. Oh, For God. me, my problem is the, <laughs> the beers come afterwards where I'm just drowning my sorrow. You end up, though, with that, like, again, you have Ghost who doesn't like the tech, but that, like, every 
everything in this gets too convoluted. And on top of that, Shiva seemingly playing them. You have this Noah guy where, what is this Noah doing? Is he alive? Is is he just a mannequin? I don't even know what this guy's doing because he barely moves or says anything. It's very odd. It gets in your head. I just want to point out again that in our day and age here in Quakertown, Pennsylvania, not a great town, somebody comes up with this app or whatnot. We're not doing this. We're not letting people. But you're in Gotham or anywhere Again, in you this say universe. That, but how many? I've known a lot of people would die of heroin, and we have a real big heroin problem. And we know the problems with heroin. So if somebody says, "Hey, this phone app you download is going to make you feel real good," you know, most of Quaker Town's going to get it. I, I mean, there's times where people in in our times like, "Hey, you need this to survive. This is really bad for you, but you know what? It's going to make you feel real good." There's oh, a lot shit. of people like what. I'm not going to go and eat the cornflakes because that means Bill Gates is tracking my ass. Like, uh, what? And they have this one. What, what we're going to do is tap it. <laughs> you, don't, you never heard this theory. You end up where this this app taps into your brain to get memories. And then it's so goofy that it's going that we barely ever saw the up now. Everybody's having these up. When are they going to, like, you know, the Yelp review? Man, I had a shitty memory there. I don't remember when my dog turned into a venom. I don't know if there are people who like download this app who end up having a bad trip or they are alive at the end of it to tell you how to give a bad Yelp review. I'm like, oh, look at the, these people. They're laying around with these phones in this app. I, I think I got to avoid this. I don't know. But it's it's a silly comic booky thing. That's fine. And again, you say that. It's a silly comic booky thing. And I hate whenever anybody does phone apps because this feels so kitschy and freaking like, you know, I don't even know. It just feels like wrong and silly and like, I don't know. But when we have this memory lane app that taps in because it's doing some weird unsanity collective fucking machine nonsense tapped in with Noah's brain power stuff, this is what I'm assuming is going on because it doesn't really come out and tell you, but I still find it better than what we get with Batgirls later on or how Spellbinder does his shit. Do you think that they should go and get like Lois Lane? She could be the spokesman. Is really Lois Lane for memory lane? It'd be pretty cool, right? You get Lucy Lane. You can't afford a Lo- Lois. I'm going to say Lucy actually, but why isn't this guy's like Johnny Lane? I mean, at least go that step with it where he's like, it's Richard Rowe. Richard Rowe here, you know, Richard Rowe. Hey everybody, get them cell phones to the homeless. We need like, we don't even quite get yet in two of three issues. What are they trying to gather up the brain power of the people? Like, I, what, I just imagine it's one benefit? of those weird things like at the end of like the Batman Forever movie where everybody gets one of Riddler's freaking like, you know, I forget what they're called in that movie, but the idea where it sucks your brain power that it just takes to it, like puts it in the Riddler's mind. Again, we've, we've seen this before. This actually with apps now, we're to the point where it's like now you get a, oh my, I got sucked into the video game, Eric. Can you imagine that? It's kind of just cliche. I was done with that in the 90s. Yeah, really. I was done after I saw in the 80s Every that first series tried, that I liked, I think, had to go and have an episode that was all about the idea of being sucked into a video game. Even the X-Files had and stuff like that. And you're like, I just want to keep talking because I'm really mad that you brought up Tron because that was the epicenter and the epic part of that going into a video game where it will never be topped again for how good it was. It wasn't Ready Player One. It was. No. Uh, so you end up, though, again, when you have this there, they ended up, the, the, I'm saying the birds of prey, they end up where they're also, just as a point here, just to go, you end up Richard Rowe, hey, everybody, look at us. We end up having the memory lane app. Isn't it great? Look at these assholes that are using it right now. And they look like they're Joker eyes. This is not a good advertisement. 
I'm looking at him like, I don't want to be crazy. Like, the, you mean like, happy? Yeah, look at that. It's not just happy. I mean, that's, well, that's you don't something know what that looks wrong like. there. I don't. I mean, what's this thing where you, you move your mouth and you see your teeth? What is this thing where your mouth is showing teeth and your eyes are wide? Sweet I don't understand this. Lay. I don't, and I don't see them popping out. What is going on here? Uh, but yeah, he ends up, hey, just get that memory lane. You're going to relive all your great memories. That's the problem with me. I'm like, I only have shitty ones. Uh, there really aren't that many good ones. But you get to relive their small amount. Well, there you go. I'm like, all of a sudden I see light. They smack me on my ass and then everything goes wrong. But you end up where they're at this cabin in the woods in the hidden town inside of Central Park of Gotham City. And they end up finding this Noah. Miracle Molly, in the meantime, is trying to track them. She's ending up, oh, my God, I see four people. What's going on? The fourth. And then all of a sudden, where and what happens there? I mean, they, they seem to get sucked into some sort of arena kind. I, I don't even get the progression of what happens on this first couple pages when they end up seemingly getting tap, 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 activating of the mind control, which you still don't get Noah fully integrated in with this memory lane up. I don't even know how Well, it's such a weird idea even later on when you get done with the Noah stuff and you're trying to get to the idea of like, hey, uh, he can look inside people's minds. He knows stuff that's going on and he might be able to help us instead of like Shiva saying, and we need to kill him now. Just like Batman wanted us to. I'm like, you're showing your hand a little too early, Shiva. But outside of this, back in Gotham City proper, you have people who are just checking out the um, the memory lane app and like this because you know I'm sitting out of dying and I want to get my fix going on. I'm gonna remember throwing my fucking stick with the dog, but before that happens, we see one of the unsanity collective being arrested outside, and the idea is we have to stop her. She's gonna destroy the city. I'm like, who is her? The unsanity collective, like even the idea of them getting arrested, just knowing because this guy just looks like a Joe Schmo, doesn't look like a Miracle Molly or anything like that. So I don't understand what's up with the ins- unsanity collective anymore. And weren't they all rounded up like Miracle Molly was? I don't know, but. What is their idea going into this? Because even these people who are about to freaking download the app so they can have a good old, you know, stretch, like a uh, walk down memory lane here. Walk down sexy lane. Every every dude, there's not a dude that's not going back to some sexual encounter. I mean, they, 100%, right? I have a memory. I don't need to freaking download this, but uh, right, you I'm pretty see good it, memory, though. too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's augmented reality. All of a sudden, you're more than two inches. I mean, it's augmented reality. But the idea that they talk about memory lane is great because they give you your best memories. That Unsanity Collective... They're a bunch of assholes because they wanted to get rid of your memory. Bunch of nuts so crazy. <laughs> All right, let me go fucking throw a stick with my dog who's dead. Until I go and do this, and now we see the downsides of this app where he, the dog goes into a bush to retrieve the stick, and then the guy goes up to it. And now the dog's a devil dog demon thing that goes and I think either attacks him or almost like if you get hurt in your dreams, you get hurt in real life, or the guy, because of what he saw in his dream, scratches his own eyes out. I'm not sure. Yeah. Even that, when you see that unsanity collect, it's one dude you can't even see getting loaded up into a van, sus van that showed up, and the guy's like, "Hey, look it over there! Isn't that that unsanity collect? Like, what are they? This is nonsense!" And I think the that is weirdos in Gotham. Like, you you haven't been in Gotham long enough. There's too many things going on, so that might be the. Hey, we'll get rid of them right here. I don't know. So who is her and how is she going to destroy the city for what we have so far? I think they're talking maybe Miracle Molly. I I don't know because it's the Unsanity Collective being loaded into a van saying, oh, my God, she's going to run this. She's going to run. I don't know. Like, that's another level of nonsense on top of the bullshit. I don't get it. But you end up where you had this Noah where, first off, he can tap into your mind with his stick. Yeah. He's tap, tap, tapping in. But that doesn't seem to be related to the app. 
but you're waiting for it because it's too on the money to do that. Yeah. But now they say he might be able to help us today. And the idea of what it, the hell is going on here, where then you have these memories where, oh, my God, there's Ghost who remembers that uh, there's my lacrosse stick. <laughs> there's too much going on to have just nonsense like that. Then Katana seems to be hooked with the app that makes Shiva mad as if she has betrayed them. While Shiva is betraying them and trying to kill people, showing her hand, like, what is going on in the story? While Miracle Molly, can anybody hear me in there? I forgot where she was. I thought she was, like, on the porch. And so they end up getting Noah. And what are they doing? I, I just don't know what the story is anymore. Well, they're collecting Noah and being team leader that Shiva is in this. She's like, okay, we've got him. Now we have now to we murder him. him. Everybody's questioning her as a leader, obviously, because she's talking about murder, like doing Shiva stuff. So now we have to, like, you know, spend a lot of this issue for everybody to realize, hey, I don't think Shiva's on the up and up. I think Noah's who we should be talking to right now. And just know, you know, no matter how much money in the world you have, it'll never bring back your daughter, Shiva. You shut up. And then we just have Katana and Shiva fighting the idea. Like, eventually, if we only get to the conclusion of this whole thing, it's the truth is going to be out that Batman had no parts of this. And when Batman does find out, I think he's going to be pissed at everybody before being stupid Katana's enough to follow Shiva. Done. Katana's like the real one here that ends up. Plus, Batman better look into real one. those idea of who called in what favor to get Miracle Molly out of jail to go and do this. But my biggest problem with as it progresses is the idea that Noah, who can tap into your memories, we still don't have a connection of him in that app. This has to be something, but we never got that connection. So when you end up having him just like, oh, man, you know, you want your daughter, all these things going on. I have expected Cass to just show up. I mean, it's not like Cass is dead or anything. She's probably like two blocks down to the right on Dixon Avenue. You can just She's go and grab hill. her, right? So it's just odd. Then you end up because you have to kind of get the whole app as drug type deal. You have to have, uh, you know, oh, hey, sexy lady. She comes into the tent city and starts handing out. Fake phones. Oh my God! Ghost wouldn't want us to Real use phones this. for all the homeless. Ghost ain't here. I'm grabbing it, so they're just. Hey, what's the catch? No catch. You just have to use the memory. And I'm like, really? You know, talking to you. There better be some sort of unlock feature on there. I'm never going to that app. I'm just gonna right away Tinder on, and I'm swiping, and I'm off. I'll be, I'll be gone. I'm making new memories, baby. I'm out. But you end up where at the end? I don't know. <laughs> I guess you're supposed to be concerned of. Oh my God, what? play is shiva up to and katana is she gonna find her it's all too much too much nonsense how are you gonna make new memories on tinder i'm gonna make new memories i go off and start doing things that's it you make new memories by experiencing life you've already dealt with rejection well that's my new memory i mean it doesn't have to be anything different i'm just making new ones it's more rejection I'm like, oh, nobody's swiping anywhere with me. I have no matches. I'm like, why Why do they keep deleting my deal? Oh, my goodness. I'm not a handsome man, Eric. I know you, you want to, you know, dig into me, but hey, there I am. I mean, I am what I am, Eric. I'm like Popeye. Digging like the dirt. <laughs> I'm like, well, everybody's swiping down. They, they, That's not even a feature, and they're doing that with me. Somehow they end up, they send me an email. Dear Jim, please get off the app. You're really pulling <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, Tinder doesn't even like me. All right, off the grinder. But you end up there with the last story is a Mark Russell super pet story. We have said that this has gone from very kind of icky 
you like that icky or the idea sure. of animal abuse well, stuff sir. like that then we you get say things like icky last issue was the best in my mind because we learned about bear grease we also learned that the idea that the most evil thing is a storage unit place and so in this well, the one the reason we have so many warehouses though in gotham and stuff like that because it's a harbor town and then the ones that all dried up and the idea that you know then crime moved in that's why we have all of these not even any doors on the outside we did everything but learn about this so-called super pets last issue but in this issue at least we're going to kill a fucking some. member of it yeah i mean we get some r.i.p chicken you end up where you have this deal where you get a little more of the background of Ace. I don't know that we needed this at this point. But like even that, this feels like padding because we know that Ace was the Joker's dog that Batman then rescued. Which wasn't even a Mark Russell story. Ship. That was more of a play off of Tom yeah. King thing. So now you're telling it twice. But even the idea where it's like, okay, this guy at one point, he was in witness protection for going to testify against the Joker, just like we had over there with the Plastic Man story against the Penguin. Well, the Joker found out about this, but he found out after this guy had gone and adopted a little puppy like German Shepherd. So then we have the little puppy German Shepherd and the guy. The Joker breaks in. They have the guy killed, and then Joker does normal Joker stuff, but eventually just takes Ace because they played a game of fucking war where they Ace got an Ace and Joker only had a king. And eventually we just have the Joker taking Ace, but it does nothing for the story overall. It just like it fills up page space for us to go back then to where we have the the pets just going and doing weird stuff with the squirrel figuring like stealing cards, the chicken finding things about where people are located to the idea that we do have this overall thing where the freaking um the Scandinavian club is going to go and auction off Batman to all, whoever the highest bidder is of all of his rogues gallery so they can find out who the identity of Batman really is. But when you get down to it, it's such a weird thing when you have characters like the Joker there and other of the members of the rogues gallery who don't want to know who Batman is. Like, I expect Joker to have kill all of these people who are going to try to unmask him. I have a problem with Joker fun. this whole issue. I even have a problem where when Joker goes into that room, like, I don't even get the Joker being that concerned. He's too wacky to go in, oh, this guy, you know, witness protection. I'm going to find it. It's more of gangster no type deal. But even then, with the no witness stuff with his clown guy that he had brought, hey, no witnesses. And then even looks like he set up like a murder-suicide fight. That doesn't feel like the Joker to me. I think the Joker would like put the one gun up the other guy's ass and then fruit salad on the other guy. Like, like something Joker. goofy. Like, I don't even think he'd care. But he ends up, you know, manipulating well, things. Jim Warner writing the Joker. All of a sudden, the Joker's raping men with pistols. Maybe. Well, they were dead, Eric. I mean, you know, I just, I, I wouldn't have this story. deal. <laughs> in this deal, I would end up having, you know, no witnesses. And then you kind of can, you know, get in your mind the idea of fruit salad. But you end up where, and that's my favorite move, but you end up then, like cool. you said, later with the Joker, I do expect the Joker to save Batman at the end because he wouldn't want anybody to know that deal. And I think that if that's the case, Steve Orlando is, oh, Steve Orlando, Mark Russell has set up a whole story that won't matter. <laughs> like you get to the end and either Ace and the Super Pets obviously come in, save them, but what what's the stakes? Do you really think that Batman's identity is going to be revealed to these guys, whatnot? And even in this, they're like, how do we know that's the Batman? Well, that's the thing is, the idea where you have a super pet story, eventually we'll have Ace and his group of weird lab reject sidekicks will make it there and save Batman. But our ultimate story is, Batman's been captured, he's going to be a bit off to the highest bidder and stuff like that. But then we have the idea, like, here's some more background on Ace that really doesn't tell you all that much more about him. And then with the uh, Siberian Club here, let me show you more of the people who come in here to work off their debts and like, you know, fight to the death for our entertainment. But you have all the villains are like, we want to get to the main show. We want to bid on the Batman. That's why we're fucking here. 
And then the whole story progresses as if the idea is, well, how do we know that's Batman? Well, we have to come up with an idea to prove it's Batman to you. Well, how do we know if we put Batman in this fight club over here that you're not going to have a ringer to make us think that then Batman is Batman by just knocking this guy down who's in on the check? Okay, how about this? I'm going to have one of the bears that we previously showed you fight the Batman. Like, it's everything but giving you what you want in this story in a prolonged matter. It's the Super Pets bear. I I just want to say it's Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben, watch out. He's going after, you know, the catering, right? It is. But ends up with this deal. Yeah, the bear isn't going to want to fight Batman. Batman's not going to want to fight the bear. I just have expecting this weird-ass story about animal abuse and watching one of these chicken, like, you know, members suffer, like, you know, be killed here. I just have expect this story to become where Batman chokes out a bear to death in front of everybody <laughs> and everybody's like, walks out because they're really uncomfortable. I just get the idea they start, they get on one of them carts, they're spinning around. Now we got an opera going on. I mean, we have it all here. But yeah, what what is going on? When you pitch the story, I'm like, listen, Super Pets, what we're going to do is going to have awful abuse of animals at points this chicken he's going to save today but then he's going to die and i don't know the the yellow custard matter coming out of this his eye is going to disgust jim to all ends right and then we're going to have batman That's fight, make chicken nuggets and out fight of. a uh abusive or abused bear that I'm like he might be abusive. We don't know his backstory. Well, he is abused. We do know that's no, no. He might be abusive too. I don't know. I mean, he did kill some people. Then wouldn't be good in Batman's neck of the woods, right? Uh, but by the end, I'm like, I don't really want to see Batman even start fighting this bear. And I, I don't know what is he going to jump on his back and they, you know, to the hills and they they go off and I I don't know. I don't know. I just. I it, this story, the Superbad story, and and even all the th- this book continues to amaze me at how ridiculous it is and how DC keeps having it because it's it's overpriced for what we're getting, and this stuff is just not worth it. So, what would you give it overall? this issue i'm like i'm not a huge fan of the art and the batman's a ton of stuff in the first one the plastic man stuff was okay this one's okay as well and the birds of prey stuff even though some of the action got lost at the beginning of it with what was going on with ghost and no and stuff like that that got a loss but overall i like the art in that so that plays into things but i am just not really a fan of any of the story or the concepts of the stories that we're dealing with because the characters feel wrong i don't know why half the people are doing this or the concepts in general are just silly things that i have been over for 20 years now so I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10, and that's mostly just because I didn't mind that Plastic Man-Batman team-up story. I'm going 5 out of 10 as well, just a regular 5. The art is okay. It's nothing that I'm going to say to anybody it's worth the price of admission when I get out my Reviewers 101 book and say it's a you know art and story come. It's just okay. It doesn't detract from anything. I didn't like the Zatanna Batman art, but even then, I could barely tell what half that stuff is going on in this. I just think that this is a book that has lost any bit of zeal. Most people, when you talk about it, they say, well, I dropped it when the Red Hood and and to the you know minor degree, the grifter thing, that was nine issues ago. That that's It's almost a year ago that that happened. So, you know, I don't know. It's just not worth everything with this. And I think that they should maybe expand it, make it like a DC Presents, maybe get some other characters so that you can get a little more variety, maybe some people with a story. Well, who doesn't live in Gotham? Come on, you can make this about exactly. anybody. Exactly. I mean, they, they kind of are, but even then... Like, even motherfuckers can roll through town, all of a sudden it's a, ba- a Batman Urban Legends story. Would, you would wish, I know, they end up taking a, a turn on Aperol Lane. You end up where I really wish that... Oh, shit, Aquaman's swimming in the bay this oh, there week. there he is! Uh, I just... It doesn't Gross. feel like any of these stories have that much of a you know, like, it had to be told. Like, somebody, this was their passion then. 
it, it'd be nice to have that. It'd be cool that, oh my God, like this is what, like even say our Marshall Manon or Sean Aldridge backup, uh, the Marshall, like that felt like there was a lot of effort involved. None of these really feel like it. It just feels like, oh, I'm on this. All right, they paycheck. Uh, but it's a shame. But we'll move on to the next book, which is what, Eric? I am Batman number nine, written by John Ridley with R5, Christian Doucet, Steven Segovia, Rex Locus, and Troy Pateri. And in this outing of Jace Fox, we see the Almost the concept of when you get knocked off the horse, you got to get right back on there from Jace Fox because the serial killer, which sadly will be known as Man Ray, Man Ray, whooped his ass hard and him going off to lick his wounds end up getting the commissioner killed, which has now set up a whole other set of dominoes that he's going to like Batman's going to have to deal with because he wasn't able to get the job done. But he's thought about it. You know, even the idea where you have the, the concepts of the progression of Jace Fox and how he wants to be Batman and what he has to do to do that. You have the task force back, but the Fox family and why they're in New York and what they're going to do. And even the idea that hopefully one day we'll get Tiffany Fox's Jace's Robin, which will be a hard sell for Jace. I don't know how it'll ever work out for him, but you get a lot of progression of a lot of things in this. And that's great. But some of the progression where you need to force characters in like, well, we need Vol to do more things and we need Hedaya to do more things. And when you bring those characters out here, it doesn't work for the story as much because even Vol, you know, being a, a Russian as he is, he is using Fox family money, mostly Jace's, the idea where he has to go in two real estate agents and say, look, I need a uh, a place, an untraceable place to do this. And it really so just sounds sus, like a Russian right? mob front. And like, he's like, I can't do this, Jace. Like, you're putting me out here. I can't tell anybody anything. And everybody just thinks I'm a piece of shit. I'm like, so it's it's funny to a degree, but it doesn't do anything for the overall progression and character of the story where we just know that we need in New York City a Batcave S thing for Jace Fox involved. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what this book's going to do after Dark Crisis, things like that. It's starting to sell less. Kick so it. that's one of it. I, I like the book and I thought going to New York, it really did up the ante a bit and it made the story better. Jace can be his own guy. All these things going on. Now, ye kind of forced, like you said, almost like a Mr. Belding type situation where Chubb. And Whitaker, they end up coming it, it with it, right? It is a spinoff show. It's just like Angel. All of a sudden, like, hello, Angel went to L.A., but thank God Cordelia did, too. And it's funny because what you end up doing this, it's a little bit different only because they don't really get along, and they still don't. But that's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for them to get along. But some of these things get rushed a little too much, especially with, you know, kind of the slow burn progression of Jason, how he's adjusting the things and what his M.O. is and how he has to you know, do those things and gets back in the good graces and likes his dad, things like that. And then his, his mom doing her thing and stuff. It did feel like, I don't know, you can say that, that you know, John Ridley's trying to expand the characters by actually letting Vol do some things. But even then, it just felt like in my mind, hey, we better have them do things on panel. Because this isn't going to be around that long, so let's get these well, characters out there. Even the idea of Hedaya, who's who's an old friend of Jace and Vols from the training days and stuff like that, and she is like the idea of the love interest for Jace, something that he somebody he cares about. So we got to force her into it. Even the idea that she lives in New York and like Jason moves to New York, we had her in Gotham because she was coming over to do some business stuff in Gotham. So we got introduced to the character, but here she is here, and all of a sudden, like you know what, Hedaya, you are one of the best minds. So. You don't know I'm Batman, but check out these murder crime scenes and tell me what you I'm think about it. And then this. the progression of the story to deal with it. They're like, well, Jace, I need to call the cops right now. I don't know why you have these. But you know what? These look kind of weird, almost like surreal art. Let's go to the museum, and I'm going to show you all about surreal art and tell you about the surreal artist. 
Man, Man Ray. Ray. Like, like, I'm just sitting here as Jason. I'm like, look, I do care about you, but bitch, I got things to do besides <laughs> we go to the museum. I asked you a specific question. <laughs> you say that, and he, again, maybe he's the play, hey, you like that true crime stuff? Get this. What do you think of these? Like, what would you do if, like, say, you were bad? I listen to true crime yeah. stuff all the time. And somebody just gives me pictures of a murder scene. I'm like, I don't think I want to play like, with you. Where did you get these pictures? Let's not worry about that. Let's just pretend, like, say, just out of nowhere, I'm Batman and I'm running into a brick wall. What would you? Hey, let's go to the gallery. He's like, okay, let's go to the gallery. The thing that makes me laugh is later, where you have Tam doing her, re- her rehab, where she yeah. then says, you know what? I'm worried about Tiff. I think we got to watch. He's like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> he has no time for Tiff. And also in this, and that's where I thought. Things just seem, and, and people may disagree, but things seem to not be the idea of, you know, let's put the pedal to the metal in a way that seemed like really, really forced. But the idea of the rehab now, it's going great. She's just, sure like, is. there you go. That's kind of like, okay, that could be pushed aside. I love New York. Look what we can do. Tiff, though, you know, really pushing where we think that she could even become the Batgirl, the Bat, you know, the Robin, whatever the deal. But I don't get this, Tiff. She doesn't seem to be. The tip that we know and love, the real, real smart tip. And it just felt weird the way they're well, just she's pushing out of things. place because she is the real smart tip. It's not presented here because she has nothing to do. But that's part of the idea where she's even talking to her mom, Tanya, where it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here because this is a whole new world for this. Like, you're going off and doing your ideas, like, you know, lawyering and Tam's working on her stuff. Jace is even doing stuff, even though I don't know what it is. For she the should Fox be family. playing like seven games of chess in the park, stuff like that. She's real smart, Eric. That's what the smart. Yeah, but she's not a show off. I wish that you actually spelled out where she said, I did have things to do at Star Labs. Damn you, Leviathan. You put it down. Like, because she was doing some really good things. I want more of her, though. But then when they say, when Jay says, I don't have time for that. I'm working on me. I think that's just her being pushed aside then. And that, that's a shame. Uh, because, I, But then again, maybe the whole play, will she'll go and try to do things herself. I don't know. I don't know what the play is. And I want Luke kind of swooping in here at some point, too. But everything with this, though, with the idea well, of maybe, the gallery. Maybe we'll play into things, though, for Tiff becomes Tanya. I think Tiff, even though she's not used to it, the idea that Tanya, and she doesn't know her place nor, but Tanya's yeah. trying to say, you know, maybe you can go and volunteer over the job training center and the idea that tips are like, you know, that's for women who came out of incarceration and trying to stuff. Maybe that'll lead to something interesting with her seeing how the other side lives outside of being a billionaire family and maybe inspire her to do something more like I want with a, you know, a Robin S figure in New York with Jace or even the idea that she goes off to be the Batgirl and doing her own thing because the world is unfair and unkind maybe. to people. Like even the idea where Jace is here trying to do things differently than the Batman, a more street level thing where maybe Tiff will be inspired to like give people more of a chance here in their costume crime fighter, and they'll, they'll cross paths. But maybe that'll put on fast boat. Now today is like, let me tell you about <laughs> fucking surrealist artists like Man Ray over at the Mona Momo, like over here. And I'm like, can you just tell me what you think about these crime scene photos, or are you trying to avoid the subject because it's creepy? Yeah, because she ends up saying, "Oh, this reminds me of the surreal art, the Dada movement." Oh my God, there was this guy Man Ray, made me feel stupid. And then I'm like, yeah, it's still a stupid name. But then yeah, I love where then you have it where it was mentioned this name. Obviously, we've been laughing about it for months now. And then you end up where now we see Jace Man Ray. <laughs> I think I'll call this guy Man. Just call him the artist. But with all of well, this that. This is Emmanuel Radinsky, a brilliant American artist who went by the name of Man, Man Ray. Ray. And like, real so, guy. So. And that's a real guy. And I'm like, well, okay. For, I guess Jace thinks that that's a cool name for a, a villain, even though it's not a cool name at all. But. 
it's going to get the idea of an art connection that's going to be able to cross-reference with the like the places that the Man Ray is killed and the ideas. So it will get at least Batman, his Batman, on the case in a better way than we had before. And hopefully when Batman does cross paths with the Man Ray for the second time, he'll be able to do more than get his ass kicked and run away. Because even when this issue starts out, we have Task Force Bat come in because... Batman takes down a guy, and Chubb has to say, look, I saw you take down the guy, and then I saw you use really excessive force. I'm like, Batman is licking his wounds. He doesn't know his place in the world, just like Tip right now, because like what he thought he was supposed to do has led to him getting his ass kicked. Not only that, but Man Ray saying before, you know, I did this because you inspired me. Like, we're going to take out the trash together. So Jace being Batman has pretty much just gone against everything that he wanted to do for New York City. To the point where he is now viewing excessive force, just like the he man ray. He could have killed this guy. Exactly. Because he's he pissed like at weirdo. the man ray. You're, you're pissed and like, I don't even know how you feel. You're actually going through a full-blown bunch of emotions. And maybe that's why I like the idea of we are getting a more, not untrained, because obviously Jake's is trained in a lot of stuff. But, but like, I think he's not seasoned, is what I would say. Exactly. Season's a good word. He's not used to losing. And when he did, he's frustrated. He ends up jumping out the window and then takes it out on this guy, and you can't and do even that. Though, you know, Commissioner Beckett was a piece of shit because he went off to go lick his wounds and question himself about what he needs yeah, to do he next. Seems he sus did too. let another guy get killed. Yeah, yeah. And so, with all that, we still have the you know police commissioner deal, who was a bad guy, and then you have the Beckett, mayor yeah. now, who's like, yeah, you know what, I got to do things with this dealing with. You know, Tam. Yeah, Mayor Villanueva is trying to do as much PR work as he can, like, you know, just bury this to let him know, like, look, Mission Beckett, it's a tragedy. Like, things came out there, but just want you to know, I'm still a good mayor. You know, when the real action comes out, I'm still a good guy. I got, I got Task Force Bat. Y'all motherfuckers love that, right? But even, even by the end of this, when you get Task Force Bat together with Batman running down the leads about who Man Ray might be, and you come across clues and stuff like that, it does seem that Mayor Villanueva. As good as he may seem for like, you know, the stuff that he wants to do for New York City, Man Ray is targeting him next. And Man Ray only targets pieces of shit who are hiding something. So what does that mean? Three tweets from 2011, I think it is. But you also have where the commissioner, he was a piece of crap, but you needed somebody to get the police on your side. This was an old school guy. He ends up getting brutally murdered. And in the meantime, then. You end up having some of these other sus cops where they're oh, on the, the case cops, as man. well. That was our commission, and we're going to take to the streets, and we're going to fucking solve this street justice style. And so you would guess that by the end here, because they don't want Batman and the, the Bat Force here to look good, yeah. probably. But also, I think that it's going to come down to where they... I think I keep saying Task Force Bat. I think it's Strike Force Bat now that I think it's about fine. it. It's fine. But you end up where I do believe the Keenan and this hit squad that he's making up. They'll probably get to a point where he's they're going to kill Man Ray, and then Jace is going to have to save him, even though he probably won't want to. I mean, that's the setup of he almost killed a poor guy well, no there. No matter what, we are fucked going forward, because even if the idea is Man Ray, we got to save Man Ray by the end of this, which is going to look bad for a lot of people, because yeah. what's Batman doing? But let's say Mayor Villanueva is as bad as Man Ray thinks he is, because he only goes after dirty people. Because even Chubb says at the end of this, when they have the idea that Villanueva is the next target... If it turns out that Mayor Villanueva is dirty, you and I are fucked <laughs> because he put together Strike Force Bat and the Batman. Earlier, too, you end up getting Whitaker and Chubb there with uh, a very Resident Evil-esque in the mansion. I thought it was funny, but I actually think that at this point, maybe, but we haven't seen this, so it's it's a weird play, but maybe fudge a little stats here and try to make, because you had Man Ray, he's real pissed off at 
Batman not wanting to come with him and oh we're the same no we're not you're a piece of crap whatever why won't you love the man Ray Batman yeah really why maybe he'll fudge the stats to get back at Batman because of that or Maybe it'll be one of those. Maybe we'll have a gray area where you'll. I don't know if that's that bad, right? You're like, I don't. I just imagine it's gonna be a weird thing. It's gonna gonna be weird. Chase on the outs, even though I like the idea of this almost like the um, the hell is that called in the White Knight? The uh, GFO? Yeah, the GTO. The GTO. The GTO. Where it was almost like Nightwing and Batgirl are a part of the police. Uh, uh, and then they have to get rid like of that. Batman because of the idea that th- this is very GTOS. Like, exactly. But the idea where you have a strike force bat and stuff like that is doing something different than we normally have in the regular DC Comics universe. And I'm just really afraid when you get to the end of the story, Batman has to go after Man Ray. He And he has to then protect Man Ray from the freaking cops who want to take him out. And then it looks to everybody else, not only is Mayor Villanueva dirty who put this together, but we have video of Batman attacking cops and protecting the bad guy. Which just puts us back on a path of the police and society against Batman. Like, we were just in a cool, different place. Don't take that away from me so soon. And again, it would remind me, remember uh, back in the DCYOU when Superman punched the police off? He ended up being an alien, but the optics Thank were bad. Thank God he was a wrath shadow possessed person. <laughs> I did say it had to be that people were losing their mind. But yeah, I do think that this would end up setting up the idea of the you know batman attacking police and you're not going to be able to tell your story then because you're the vigilante the police are the police even though they are a little sus and whatnot but i don't know maybe that will have something going forward where you do see that chubb because she does not like batman she thinks that he's nonsense whatever maybe that will get her to realize you know what he's not so bad he was actually doing the right thing but the- i saw what he did he wasn't in the wrong the cops were in the wrong and now we have i don't know Team Chubb. That's what I called myself in high school. Did you know that I was on hashtag Team Chubb? That's what most people called you. Yeah. So I, I meant I didn't mean that. You're a jerk. <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> I think what you a team? They called me Team. <laughs> they called me Team <laughs> Ten. How about that? That's a little bad. Uh, with that though, what would you get to this Team Chubb? <laughs> I still really like I Am Batman a lot, but I found this issue to be a little down in the Hedaya. And the yeah, idea that like, Jason Hurt, because I, I want Hidea and Jace to be a thing. It felt really forced to get us to like the surrealist art and man raise up. So because of this, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I think I'll go 7 out of 10 as well. I just, again. You hear that? Team Chubb has spoken. Team Chubb says uh, You end up having Ball. Like, what are you getting a day involved with? She's going to find out you're the Batman. No, no, I didn't say any Batman. And like, what are you, stupid? I just was really creepy with crime scene yeah, photos. Yeah, I just said weird crime scene photos. She seemed to be turned off. You really are a weird dude, Jace. Yeah, and, and then we went to the art gallery, and I don't know. It seemed okay. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this just sets... I, I want to see where it goes, and I'm interested in this, and I am interested in Jace. I just need a little more details, not just a day of walking to the, you know, the art museum and saying, oh, man, right. Okay, I got it. Let's go and look at places and whatnot. But we'll see. So, like, I really enjoy the Fox family inclusion in this and progression of showing what they're doing in, yeah. in, I was going to say Philadelphia, but New York, but, like, all that stuff's good, too. And I like the Man Ray. It's an unfortunate name, because I don't want to call him Man Ray, but it is what it is. It's Chase versus the serial killer superhero villain. I'm like, yes, I'm all here for it. Yeah, he's all creepy, but we have one last book in this section. What is it, Eric? Superman, Son of kal number 11, written by Tom Taylor with R5C Antoine, Federico Blee, Matt Hearns, and Dave Sharp. And in this issue, we're finally going to discover whether or not Batman was right about the idea that John cannot trust Jay Nakamura, just like one America's sweetheart has been telling you from the get-go. And even though in this <laughs> issue, it may look that Jay Nakamura may you be still on the up hope, and up. You still have hope, right? I am still with Batman. We cannot trust this guy because... 
while he might be a fighter for truth, he wants to get out there and like you know let people know what's really going on in the world and how the revolutionaries are good people and how you know Gamora is a piece of shit nation that's being taken over by Henry Bendix and stuff. I still think that when John doesn't want to do in the future at some point, when John won't do what Jay wants him to do, he'll go against him and say some really harsh things about him on his truth podcast blog. <laughs> blogger i don't know what he has he's not gonna rail into him on the truth is he but with all of this you ended up at the last issue batman saying about your boyfriend you can't trust him i said right away that this can't be this can't be right because of the idea and you get it all in this issue because tom taylor the way that he writes things now most people you know who don't like tom taylor say this isn't just now this is always how he plays the game the idea that anybody who's going to star in his books, they're, they're saints. They can't do anything wrong. So I told you right away, the idea that Dick Grayson has funded the truth, there's no way that it's not on the up and up. And he even comes in to say that later. But Batman, he's a little behind on his intel here. And it, it again, makes Batman look kind of like a dummy. And the dummy part is Batman's right, but also John's right. But they're not talking or explaining the situation that well. And... I've talked to a bunch of people this week about this issue, and they end up, if you did not read The Suicide Squad by Tom Taylor and know who the revolutionaries are, all you're getting in this issue is they're straight-up murderers, but they're not as bad as Bendix. So I trust them, and they don't seem as trustworthy as if you read the series. We read the series. We did like The Suicide Squad series. So you understand where they're coming from. They're more freedom fighters to us than terrorists. But if you're just coming in here and don't know. Well, for at least the situation that we saw. Yeah, and then so that's the thing. I don't know where all these murders is. Yeah. She's also a hero, isn't she? I wouldn't trust her, though, the way that right. Jay is trusted. But so I know you're just going to spin it because you just don't want Jay to be the deal. The truth. I told you right away that there's no <laughs> this way. This is but- how the truth works. Tom Taylor right now isn't writing Batman, so Batman has to be the guy who isn't right, who has old intel. And also, nowadays, I think that with especially this, he's playing Batman as if Batman's the old guy who yells at clouds and just doesn't understand the youth of today. They don't mind the murderance, right? That the, or the is deal. he writing Batman as the world's greatest detective, the bad god, but everybody is just so focused on what John thinks. We're supposed to think then, you know what, he's writing Batman really <laughs> weird, but no, in truth. He's running Batman once spot you, on. Once you, John is a little too naive. Kent, once you have Pop Kent starting to defend him, well, I raised a Superman already, whatever. Why isn't somebody saying, why isn't Batman saying, listen, you can tell me all you want. I, I think that we got to look at John. He was in a volcano for seven years being tortured. There's got to be something wrong. He can't just come back here and do everything right. He's being manipulated. He's very naive that way. And also, I don't want Nightwing hanging around. He's giving him bad ideas. But you end up, it just seems like Batman is just here to cliffhanger. I mean, there you go right there of, oh, my God, Jay's or bad. Or tell us the truth. <laughs> we'll see. But the idea of Wink, Aerie, these are characters that Tom Taylor is not going to put in a bad light, though he kind of does here if you don't well, again, know you them. see the idea of Wink and Aerie, who are the most, like, breakout characters of the revolutionaries. But when you have the Aerie, he's essentially, you know, like, you know, Jay Nakamura is the Aerie 2.0. Yeah, Because yes. they essentially have the same backstory where, in, like, you know, Badnesia president is, like, you know, the Aerie's mom. It was taken over. And then, you know, they had to go and rescue her. And what we have with Jay Nakamura... His mom is the president of Gamora, and Henry Bendix has taken that over, and they're both given powers against their will and stuff like he has written them completely. So 
is it the idea is that, you know, we're going to say that the Wink and the Airy, they're bad, but we're just trying to say that Jay Nakamura is bad because he's exactly the same background? <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing that I'll, and, and it gets me in this issue at a point, I'm wondering now, like, you end up having these devices, Bendix is putting devices in, almost like a Suicide Squad thing, we've seen this before, but even there, where you have what John yells, Burning Man, which then I get scared because anytime I hear that, I think I just got hepatitis. And you end up where he goes off to see if this guy's okay. What? I'm telling you, that Burning Man scares the hell out of me. Just take drugs. Have fun. Stop. I'm it. in the desert. Next thing, uh, a cactus is groping me, and I have hepatitis, Eric. And so he runs off to see if this guy's okay because basically, oh, my God, I took a ticking time bomb into the Hall of Justice. Oh, my. Isn't anybody checking this guy doing any sort of scan? Of his head John even has to do it then And it feels weird Is there a possibility that there's a hidden bomb In Jay Nakamura Is there a way that he can get controlled later And it's a long form game of Because if, if Jay is bad It's not going to be Jay It's going to be Bendix manipulating him The what's set up here And then you'll have to have the idea of Oh my god, you know, Jay's going to die whatnot. But even then like, everybody seems to be behind the eight ball, and everybody is, Batman, he's got wrong intel, he's got old intel, or at least intel John's not going to go with. And there was even an article this week, I think it was on, like, Comic Book Resource or Screen Ram or one of those, where it's like, John Kent, the Superman, who is the first one to stand up to Batman. I'm like, eh, oh, you yeah. know, eh, like, this is the stuff that like, Tom Taylor got going. punched in the face, but he stood up to yeah, him. Yeah, he did. I think he's like, because Clark, they're saying, never did. Yeah, you know, there wasn't a thing called, like, the Dark Knight Returns where Batman and Superman fought. I mean, fought. there's a lot of things. Again, it, it's nonsense, but this is what Tom Taylor's writing this as. Tom Taylor's writing this as a John Kent who can't do anything wrong because he wants to keep pushing him as the Superman, which is fine. Me and you have accepted that. The thing that. is, not even that, because I like the way he's pushing him here because John should be written as naive, just as Clark's. I mean, as just yeah, as Bruce sees him. Less naive when you go with the idea that I think that John, especially when Nightwing says he's right, Batman's the naive one. It seems by the end, even though you're going to go with the angle of Jay, but when Nightwing comes in where we know he can't do anything wrong. With Tom Taylor and says, oh, no, no, I looked into all that. They're good. I, I funded it because I knew they were good. You're good to go. Thumbs up. And I'm like, yeah, it's just I need some sort of gray area conflict in this. Hopefully we will get it eventually well, with Jay. Nightwing but does say when he does talk to John, he seems like a good guy. And I did a lot of research on the truth when Damien told me about it. And I decided to invest. But I can't know everything. Yeah, it's just, again, though, are you going to get this idea now? I just think that it's he's not it, sus, and it is maybe where some so people fucking sus. This is all just Tom Taylor trying to wipe that stuff aside and not telling much of a story here. Because again, you're dealing with a lot of is Batman right, is Batman wrong? Why isn't anybody talking about this kid who was in a volcano all this time? Again, that's something that I would love to see explored because it would mean a lot for the character to show you who he really is. Because obviously, in my mind, he can't be right from dealing with all these things unless, because, like you said before, the idea of Superman and Nightwing, those characters that Tom Taylor are writing, they have to be the best there is. So, yes, he, so he lived seven years in a volcano, ate raw fucking pigs, and had to deal with a psychopath that looked like his dad. But he's Superman, so he came out okay. And what is going to move? on it's going to be the way it is i don't think anybody's ever going to deal with it but when you have you know pa kent and batman talking about what they should do with john and is he naive and pa kent things like i've already raised the super son i know what they did he has to find his own way the best part about this whole interaction is not something i expected to know and i like the idea that it's all because alfred and pa kent and ma kent 
they were good friends. They talked about their boys and stuff and their like friends. But now, but when you have Batman and Pa Kent who have both opposing, like, you know, yeah. like viewpoints and how you should deal with John, I agreed with both of them on both counts. And I thought it was a really good and engaging freaking conversation between the two. But ultimately, they were both right. And that's why I enjoyed it so and much. I think it was surface level nonsense and, and fan, you know, service. And the idea, does Batman understand anything that goes on around? He didn't even know this. Again, he didn't know that Alfred had been talking every week with Pa Kent. This is completely gone under Batman's radar, just like everything else. And you pull out, I know that this isn't a huge thing, but Pa Kent, he ended up having Alfred pretty much give up the secret identity of Batman Bruce Wayne to Pa Kent. I don't think Batman would have been down with that. Batman doesn't want anybody to know his secret identity. I thought that it was just the idea of being able to bring up Alfred and say, oh, I mean, how many times does he say, oh, Alfred's a great guy? Oh, that Alfred's a great guy. I thought it was nonsense. I, I just didn't like it. I thought that it wasn't necessary, again, to surprise Batman because the guy can't figure anything out or even know what's going on. But with that, it's barely anything anyway. He tells the Goldie story. We know that John ended up killing his cat. Which is weird. They just threw that into the new Firestarter that came out yesterday with the, like, the, the Charlie McGee character, the Firestarter, where she ended up killing a cat that scratched her. And it felt really almost very Superboy Goldie-ish. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. They end up in, in Jay you know, is he good, bad, whatever, you end up having John going off. He tells Batman off. He goes away. I do like the line where Pa says, I raised a Superman already, and so I kind of know better, though I think maybe he should be a little more hands-on with John, and maybe somebody should see if he's okay. But he goes off, and he does talk to Nightwing, who says, yeah, I looked into it, and he seems to be okay. They do say at the one point, because John John has to go to Jay, and this is where a lot of people didn't like this, where Jay kind of brushes it off and says, yeah, those revolutionaries, yeah, they murdered people, but it was good murder. And yeah, they're kind of good. It's That's kind of weird as well, trying to fudge that in. Freedom fighters. You didn't need to have the revolutionaries in this book. You, you didn't have any no, reason to have it in, but he wants to pull in. Or make, you know, Jay Nakamura's backstory completely the same as another revolutionary who's working with him. He ends up where it's almost like a Bendis thing where you have to get everything that you dealt with before and put it in. The problem is, with these revolutionaries, I thought that everybody knew about them. The book didn't sell well. I mean, it sold like shit. Nobody was buying it. We liked it. We talked about it. But there's a lot of people out there that have no idea who these characters are. And all they know now is they are terrorists who killed people. But also stopped a war and saved a nation. Yeah. But again, that's still where... And I'm not saying that people are looking at this and saying, oh, man, like they did that, they should be... They're saying this is ridiculous that a Superman should be down with somebody who has killed. But we do have a naive Superman who is trying to figure out who he is here. And the way that Jay Nakamura, who John desperately wants to believe in because he he very, very much cares. He may love the boy, but like, but I know they also stopped the war after he's like, they're not perfect people. They've definitely killed people, but I know they also stopped the war and I know they saved the nation. And I know the U.S. government forced the revolutionaries to work for them. You want to know how? They put bombs in their heads. Yeah, that's a weird because it was a weird sus deal with Black Mask and all that stuff. But again, if you didn't read the book, just go with the idea. So the they were the suicide they squad. people and it's just almost like an idea of a soldier and stuff like that. Going to save a nation and save the world and do different things and make sure that you save people as well. But some people end up dying in the process. Yeah. And again, they did get arrested originally for being eco-terrorists. But you also had the world going against them because of like they're fighting back against a corrupt government and stuff like that. So just go by what's in here. It is, hey, I think that they're terrorists. You shouldn't deal with them. He's duping you, this truth, whatever. 
And he goes and Jay's like, yeah, they kind of did some things, but it leads to, you know, Burning Man. As I said, John yells out and he goes, and it's another one of these bombs. Bendix is controlling people. One of the, like, you know, the Gamora post-human test subjects and stuff like that that was put up against John, who we took him to the Hall of Justice for safekeeping because he put him in, like, a witness protection order. Actually, it was Star Labs, and he was back out on the streets because he was taken by the Gamora, like, uh, government and stuff like that. Looking at his real name, well, who's this boy who's been experimenting on? Well, we looked him up. His name? Lachlan Shrapnel. I'm like... (laughs) It's not a fucking real name. Get out of town. It's not even his code name. I know. And you end up where, again, he's in the, like, he got put into a cell in the Justice League, all the Justice, but they never did any scans to see this bomb, which I thought was weird. But then you end up where John goes, they're going to get the atom. There's some okay things. Well, that's some cool stuff, too, with the idea where I like that, you know, Batman and Pa can't get to interact and talk about the scenes because it's something you never get to see, but also in a Superman book where you get to go to the Hall of Justice and Molly West of the Flash is there and we got a problem we got to do. We're going to bring in Ryan Choi the Adam. We're going to do all these different things and ultimately from what we're doing, it is still John as the new Superman who does save the day and figures out yeah. what he needs to do to make sure that nobody else is going to die. He has learned from his mistakes from Bendix where it made it look like Superman had killed somebody before and they blew up the bombs in their head. But now he's going to be able to surpass that and learn from his mistakes and take the fucking fight to Bendix, hopefully, who then turns to things like, look, this Superman kid, he's going to be a goddamn problem. Lex Luthor, I need you to murder the Superman. I'm like, well, shit, I need to know where this is going to go, because ultimately, I want Lex Luthor to be a strange ass mentor to Superman. That yeah, we said that. See, we wanted to see that. But like, I don't know his connection to Bendix, the rising or what even the rising even means at this point or how far Lex is going. Like, has it begun past like. Lex's connection to like, hey, Bendix, you can use my teleporter. Like, is he connected bigger than that? Because I haven't seen it yet. But now when you get to the idea, it's like, look, he's making me look bad. This kid, Lex, murder Superman. I'm like, yes, I want to see what Lex is going to do with this information. That'd be crazy. And uh, when you're doing that, where do you, where else do we see where Superman ended up using his heat vision to kind of get a brain bomb out? We've seen this before. I kind of, I couldn't remember when it was, but he ends up doing that. I, I think that. it's happened a bunch of times. Yeah. It's not even just the heat vision, but the, like the microscopic slash x-ray vision and heat vision combined with all the supervision stuff to make sure this brain bomb was destroyed. It's kind of cool, but we've seen it before. The big thing, though, next issue, and, and I'll tell you, of all the things, even though this is kind of hanging out with Pa and Bruce, then for, oh my God, I want to tell you that Jay's okay. I'm going to check with Matt. Like the overall story still doesn't move that far. But by the end, when, oh my God, Lex and killing, that is pretty cool. Like, oh my God, that actually kind of, you know, oh man, that that's neat. But then next issue, you have the return of yeah, Crypto. And now we're t- I'm telling you, we're just now, it's another weird team up. Give my boy a dog. But I hope that in the meantime, you see some things with Lex, maybe get a little of the rising, find out what's going on here, because this book is just always I treading Lex water. I think Lex is ultimately going to take down, he- Bri- I was going to say Henry, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> He's going to take him down too. But but I swear, I think that even though Lex is like Bendix thinks that Lex is on his side, I'm going to give him whatever he needs. I think going forward, Lex is going to say, like, look, this post human fucking Gamora core bullshit, it's not working for old Lexi, sexy Lexi. Sexy over here. Lexi. I think he's going to take out freaking, you know, the Gamora core and Bendix in the long run. And he'll be the hero that ultimately hopefully get John's trust because John will just trust anybody like Jay Nakamura who will backstab his ass. <laughs> My favorite will be and what I would play and what I think will happen. Where Lex, we see, and I think this is why Tom Taylor keeps showing these scenes. Hey, Lex, you better do this. And Lex, we're, we're going to up the ante here, whatever. So we really know that Lex is working with the Because when he does turn on Bendix, he's going to make it look like to the public that he is such a hero. 
that he has brought. Oh, I was always God, I love Lex Luthor. It'll be so great. I mean, I can't wait to see how he twists and turns this to then. And that's how you manipulate John. You make it seem Damn like, right. oh, you thought I was bad. No, no, no. And I, I'm all for it. And that's awesome. I mean, we know that this Lex is not on the up and up. Because even if you have, then you have to play with the group. Maybe John will be a smart up to fucking like a smart enough Superman where he'll then not be as naive as he Hopefully. has been, or sometimes where the thing is he'll go with this, but only secretly because he knows that with Nightwing before that the Gamora Corps they were after that ended up killing Risk and a bunch of other heroes yeah. across the earth that led back to Lex Corp. And I'm like, this is going to be a thing where then. You know, Lex is playing on John's na- uh, naive like nature, but John's also playing like he is playing it up like I am naive. You should be my mentor, but he knows what's really and going he gives on. Gives him the L again, right? Everything else, everything's just going to be crisscross applesauce. Oh, I want crisscross applesauce, and I do want at one point where John is like, I am fully working with Lex Luthor. He is awesome. Batman comes over Everybody and says, gasps. Batman goes, hey, by the way, that Lex is on the up and up. <laughs> I'm like, you're wrong again, Batman. Come on, be <laughs> right. Is he right, Jim? <laughs> like, I trust Lex way more I'm than I trust Jay Nakamura. At this point, I think Batman... Lex, Lex was on the Justice League. Was Jay Nakamura on the Justice League, Jim? Well, and I think Batman is so arrogant. And Batman has been taking a lot of L's lately. I swear to God. And I mean, he's taking L's, Eric. E-L. See, I did it. You end up where to their safe house. You see Batman planning evidence against Jay Nakamura. He is setting up Jay now just to be How right. Dare you? He's just doing weird stuff to this be is what right. What Batman's been doing all along. World's greatest detective. The world's greatest freaking plotter. Yes. With that, Pa Kent's involved too because he's sus as well. Eric, you want to talk shit on me, old man? <laughs> you should have agreed with me, Pa. I'm telling you, all of a sudden you have. That group's coming in yelling that Now it's 10 to 20 for you. You're going back. Get out of here, you stinking alien. Pa's like, what are you talking about? Batman is setting up so many bad things with everything going around. He's the evil genius behind it all. I am with Batman. Jay Nakamura, up to no good. Watch out, John. And I'm all here for, and this is not a Batman thing, but I'm all here for Lex to freaking prove himself in the long run. Like, if I was John, I might want to say to Jay, like, well, why didn't you tell me this before? You're all, you know, pumping up this truth and whatnot. You want me to tell you a life story? You're saying that the truth is not good, right? Jay's not good. The truth, and yet... Like in general or in the comics? I'm just saying, no, in this. I mean, the truth, it's, it's overrated in real life. But when you have okay. this, the truth that is funded by Nightwing, you said Nightwing said, well, you know, I didn't look into everything, which is really odd for him to say. But also their main employee right now you know is why? Lois. <laughs> Lois Lane is their their star. How could this That's be bad? It's just because her son works How there. How could it be bad? I mean, she, you would think, would look into something for her son I think and- when Jay goes and freaking does a smear campaign against John, doxes the shit out of him, it's going to be Lois Lane is going to have to come out and fight for her son with the real truth, the truth versus <laughs> truth. It would be cool because Jay seems to admire Lois, and a, a heel turn there could get real, like, really evil. Real slanderery. Or is it libel or eerie? <laughs> We're making up all our, our ideas or whatever, but if you have John who still thinks that Jay's on the up and up, but Jay, in the meantime, is like almost like the movie The Crush, Eric, where we see that Jay's bad and Jay is talking a lot of shit to Lois, but then he's turning Jay, John against his mother. Though I will also say where I don't know why, but this whole play of I need to go see Nightwing about everything, I think it's an overplay because of the idea that you had Tom Taylor writing book, but I want him to go to his mom a little more. Lois is there. I wish that he would go to her a little bit more. Yeah, but, she's working. Yeah, for the truth. Huh. 
So yeah, <laughs> what is she doing right now? Authorex. Pulitzers don't win themselves, Jim. That She's is busy. True. Oh my god. But what would you give this? I like this issue a lot. I think the art's great. I love the interaction between the characters. I never expected seeing. I thought their points all across the board were great. And even though it looks like Jay Nakamura is on the up and up. I don't believe it. I'm giving this 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm at a 5.5. I didn't like it much at all. I think that it's the same nonsense that Tom Taylor is just, you know, twiddling his thumbs as he goes, not really progressing things. And really, the whole thing of this issue was just set up because of a forced phony cliffhanger last issue. You can't trust Jay just to now go to this to have, oh, man, I'm not going to listen to you, the Batmans. I'm standing up. I'm going to go talk to the Nightwing, and then I'm going to talk to Jay. And then, oh, my God, you finally get something when, he does go and, you know, grab Burning Man. Lachlan Shrapnel. Who nobody realized while he's there looking at him. Nobody's thought to even check the guy's head or any sort of scan at all. Well, right now we're just trying to make sure that the Gamora country cannot find him. Yeah, I, but again, wouldn't you think there might be a tracker somewhere? You would scan him. I mean, the minute he goes in, you'd scan him. That seems a little invasive. And then it doesn't matter. That's what, He's in a jail cell there. We got kids coming in all the time. I don't know. Do they scan everybody there? They might. I mean, that's... Not, it, not quite it faces. Is the, it is the Justice League, and you don't want people blowing up your, your headquarters, but this guy seemed to be kind of like they. I think they would have done some sort of, you know, at least medical, you know, checkups and things with this guy. Almost burned out. He's a Bendix deal. I think they would have looked into it, but it's okay. I, like I said, that's not anything with We're just that. Keeping them safe. They end up where then John's like, "Oh my God, I see there's a bomb in his head. I better do something." But overall, and he does the idea something. of Lex at the end, you know, getting order. He doesn't take orders from people. Bendix should know this. Damn yeah, right he doesn't. So, with all that... Well, Bendix is all high and mighty on himself. Like, I rule a freaking nation. I got a Gamora core. What do you got? And like, he's gonna show you what he got, fucking Bendix. He's, he's gonna, gonna watch show yourself. you. He's got his brain and his sexy face. He might even have an Otis somewhere. Overall, I didn't like, like, some of the interactions as much as you either. And I really... It's not gonna happen, but I really wish that something was shown that that time of that volcano where you know he was pining for nightwing i've wanted that for a long time we're gonna get that but when you start talking about you know his mental state and who he trusts and things like that you think it might be brought up at some point but we see that as long as you know it's up to john and nightly jay's on the up and up we'll have to see what goes on um but at the end yeah i wasn't as big on it as you so that's that, but that's how we have things. And we're going to go off now. We have a little bit of mail, and then we'll be back with the... I know everybody's waiting for the clone rad section of the podcast, Eric. I know that this is hitting hard, but we'll be back with that as well. for the mail eric and here we are we have one mail from louise and if you want to get involved and be the star of the show like louise or one eric shea who may you know give me an email later this has been known to happen but you email us in at weird science dc comics at gmail.com and louise ends up saying hello jim eric and the get fresh crew i'm back as a badass he says this is like a little personal deal and I understand, Luis, you know, but he says, I'm back as bad as I'm sorry I was away and lost my wallet. So I had to cancel all my cards and realize I didn't set you guys back up again. So I didn't run away or get bored. I nice. just didn't realize, he said. So he's back and he says, I saw Doctor Strange this weekend 
and I was a little upset. I'm seeing mixed reviews for this. I do well, see a lot of divisive people. the idea of a Marvel movie versus a Sam Raimi movie, and that's one of the problems I have. Where I really enjoyed Sam Raimi as a kid with the idea of the the style that he put into the Evil Dead movies that I really enjoyed, but. I don't necessarily want to see that style of Evil Dead in all the different movies. Yeah, it's funny because you told me that, and then I talked to Clay, and Clay saw it and liked it, and he said, oh, it's cool. I like Sam Raimi. It's like a Sam Raimi movie. I'm like, ooh, Eric is not going to like it. Because yeah, you want to separate that. Drag Me to Hell, which is a Sam Raimi horror movie, but all the shots are very just Evil Dead-esque, and it really just kind of takes me out of it because I'm used to the style for this one thing. And it just, I don't know, it just, I don't like seeing too much of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. And as you say, that not being a big Evil Dead guy or Sam Raimi guy, movie guy, or even like life. But I end up where it would throw me off as well, because I think I'd even be like, oh, man, this is like Army of Darkness. This like is like Evil Spider-Man Dead. Like Spider-Man 2, when Doc Ock's you know, tentacles come to life and kill everybody in the surgery room, it's an Evil Dead scene through and through. And as a kid, when I, like, I say kid, I was in my 20s when that came out, but... That seemed like it almost threw me out because I just saw I just saw the Evil Dead style there and wasn't watching Spider Man. Yeah, maybe some anymore. people dig that, but like you said, you're not there. You're there for Spider Man. You're there to you know go and see that, and it does throw you out. And I saw a lot of people say that. A lot of other people just I saw that some people say it's great, others say it's a bit convoluted. It's throwing in you know all this multiverse stuff, which it would. That's kind yeah. of the the concept of it, but. It depends on what you like or what you don't like, but it said it did open up a lot of possibilities, but the movie could have been a little longer to flush out the story more, and he gives it a 5 out of 10, Eric. That is harsh, harsh, harsh. Anyway, you know why I'm here? He has the question of the week, and it's not a comic book question, but it is a food question that he thinks will have fun answering. And I I know that you've read that and thought, what are you, you know, trying to? Trying to force us to do uh, We'll have fun, Eric. He says we're fatties, is what he says. That I don't think <laughs> of all your favorite fast food spots. Now, you say that Eric's a very particular guy. Very. He only likes a couple of his you know, fast food spots. So we'll see that here. But he says McDonald's. You like the McDonald's. You like the I McD's. I like McDonald's right? and I like Burger King. And I like you like Taco the Burger Bell. King. You like the BK Lounge, do you? Is I that what like you like? There? But we don't have that there anymore. Wendy's, though, you're not a big fan. And again, this is one of those things that it's funny because this is going to be skewed. We talk about at points, I don't know how this connects in my mind, but the idea of us growing up in the Philadelphia area, whoever programmed the stations, you know, like Philly 57 and 29, you end up, those are the shows that you like. Well, obviously, when you're in a town that has one of the worst, shittiest Wendy's ever, it's going to throw you off of the Wendy's, right? So that and a great grandmother that like kind of downright refused that we ever, like, not even refuse, she like, demanded that we never go to Wendy's because she thought the square hamburgers were the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, there has been legit times where I've gone to Wendy's, and I again, I don't know if this is Grandma Shay, if it's Grandma, but I call her Grandma Shay in my mind. I'm like, I'm sorry, Grandma Shay, because every time I see that square hamburger, I'm like, she did not like these things. This was the work of the devil. Uh, but Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, says, and others. Now, with this, he's going to ask. Either. I'm not a fan. Now, why I brought that up about Wendy's is I think that when you do this, you do have to think in your mind of the pinnacle of that. So if I say, oh, who has the best French fries? This is number one. McDonald's. And I think we have to go with the idea of like, I'm not going to say, well, I like McDonald's, but the last three times I got them, they were soggy. I'm talking when they make them right 
and the best they can. The pinnacle which has of the, the fries. Best, the pinnacle of the fries. And, and fries, anybody who says anything but in McDonald's, I think it's nonsense now. You're going to have people like, well, I like the five Some people guys. Like different cuts of fries. Or the peanut I think oil of five guys. The whole day. Oh, you like the peanut oil? No, I, I don't. Gives me the shits. The problem, uh, that's my problem with anything five guys. It's five guys and then me, five shits. And the five shits come within five minutes. It's what happens. That place, while I like it going in, I don't like it coming out. And it comes out really fast and furious, Eric. I get this. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I'd rather have Burger King. Yeah, I end up where the fries, though, McDonald's. Burger. What do you go? Burger. Burger. uh, My favorite burger of all time is a double Whopper with cheese. Yeah, you like that. I actually... I've only had in and out Burger like three times in my life. Never had it. Really, really good. Never had Carl's Jr. Because I didn't or have that ever. much. Uh, oh, now well, you're actually, talking. I think, I think I actually had a Hardee's once, but I think it was there was some weird situation that I don't remember ever. Maybe I even had my wisdom teeth taken out. So the idea of having a burger was the worst idea ever. Yeah, that would that would be pretty bad. I used to work Just at a painful. Hardee's in Quaker Town, and I used to love Hardee's burgers. At one point. When you ended up a lot of people getting health conscious, you were getting these healthy choices at fast food. You ended up having Hardee's and Carl's. Like, they, they ended up where they went the opposite route. Like all of a sudden, there is, you know, models eating these burgers that are bigger than the Empire State Building with shit all over. Paris Hilton was there on a, a car eating them. They did look good, but I never had those. So I'm going to go and again. I'm oh, not just Gal, but Jessica. Um... Simpson did one of those? Yeah, I think she might have. Yeah, I, I actually do think she did. And again, I'd see like Super Bowl heads. They look great, but I never had those. And I can't really remember the dark ages when I worked with Hardy. So I'm actually going to go. I'm actually going to go with the triple Too cheese much at at the uh, Wendy's. And I do like that again. Too much meat. They ended up, they, oh, really, you never say that to me before. You end up where Obviously. they changed locations Tiny. of the Wendy's. <laughs> And you end up where I think it's better now. I think that new location, maybe they got new one. things. It's okay. And uh, but, Wendy's. Yeah, I know you don't like Wendy's. Uh, the next one, Nuggets. I know what you'll go with there. I love McDonald's chicken nuggets. People say how they're shit and they'd rather have all these other things from like Chick-fil-A. But I, I love I, I a would standard ch- chicken nuggets. Give me a 20-piece. I'll eat all of them in front of you. And I might even ask for more. <laughs> that was like uh, Big Bob, who I used to work with, where they had at one point, it was a family meal. Where it was two 20 piece Eric nuggets, Mayo. two fries, two drinks, and he legitimately tried to argue that that's a one person meal. Only one person ordered it. So, well, yeah, it's true. I'm a and person. He needed more. I think he also got like four cheeseburgers with it. He's crazy. What was but, that, uh, that Super Bowl box that I ended up getting an eight in like a half an hour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was. And they have that still. They'll have it as the Phillies box, and then they'll have, uh, just as an aside, Logan, who has actually started working out and watching. He had his cheat day the other day, Ooh. and he ended up he got one of those boxes and ate them. And it's like two Big Macs, nonsense. You have a twenty piece nuggets, I think two cheeseburgers, four fries, and you just down that. That's when Reggie really well, was worried about you. Yeah, too. yeah, really. I remember when you said that, and you're getting the meat sweats and stuff. But here's the deal: I like the Chick Fil A nuggets the most because they actually are the more like a uh, actual chicken, whatever. But I rarely crave them, and I'd rather have their chicken sandwich anyway. So with the nuggets, I'm actually going to say I do think Chick-fil-A is better. But when I do crave something, it is always the McDonald's ones. And I'll have those occasionally. But when I do crave a nugget, it's that one. I did try the spicy version. Have you had the you no, know the McDonald's chicken? Eh, it's a little too much. I, I don't need that. Plus, I like the 
hot mustard dipping sauce at the sweet McDonald's. And sour. That's yeah, I like that. I like the Wendy's sweet and sour a little more than, but I hate the Chick Fil A Polynesian sauce. I, I have a lot of problems. I know, I ended with up these going condiments. there a few weeks ago because Jessica made me do this whole thing where then we ended up getting a bunch of different dipping sauces because I don't normally go there. I didn't know what I wanted, so I just ordered a bunch of weird things, hoping that it would. Where was the set? It was the Chick Fil A. And I ended up getting a bunch of different sauces, and they were all right, ultimately. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I'd still just want a 20-piece with some sweet and sour I sauce. I don't like the Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm not a big fan of that. Logan loves it. Now, one of the tips here, because if you go to some McDonald's, they will charge you extra for the sauce. If you actually, you know, say I want five of the sweet and sour, some places will charge you extra. That's when you, you throw in the app, Eric. You order on the app. You could get 20 of the sauces. They don't charge you anything. It's the greatest. But I do like the hot mustard The hell would one. you need 20 sauces? Yeah, you put it on the side, then later you're eating like some cereal, you get the sweet and sour in there. I don't I've know what you're doing. The sauces I, I don't me. know what you're going later. We got the, we have an air fryer. I start making fries up. I got the sauces. And usually, with I say the hot mustard deal, I usually use that more for dipping the fries in than any nuggets. But he says the next is a chicken sandwich. And you know that I was really down with that Popeyes. I had to get it at that one point, but that one really makes up. But I think it's this Popeyes we have. It made me sick. So well, the thing is, I like that when you got it for me before. I haven't yeah, really yeah. gone for out for this whole chicken sandwich craze. I think I ended up getting one at the McDonald's and thought it was garbage. But like, yeah, those ultimately, if I'm going to get a chicken sandwich, it's going to be what I've always gotten since I was 20 years old, and it's going to be the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah, you're going to do that. That's a classic. That's my buddy Jay said. That's the perfect fast food sandwich that spicy chicken i'm just gonna go i'm actually gonna go spicy chicken sandwich at when or at chick-fil-a which it's one of those where i think that i've even had times when i went when we were working together and i'd gone off and i always say like you know that these are kind of made kind of fresh or unique because one time you'll get and you're like i didn't taste any saw you know spice the next time you've got flames coming out of your ears he says then drinks and the funny thing is, I'm not a guy who's like getting slushies and things. So I'm like, and I don't get drinks at freaking fast food chains. I'm always getting two, two later somewhere else to drink. It's with weird. It. Like, I'm like, well, why would there be a difference between the Diet Coke? Well, the thing is, you say that McDonald's Sprite is better than every other Sprite. It's a big like meme on the Internet. Oh, well, I don't like Sprite. The I think that's one, one of the worst deals. So I actually like I, I actually I'll go and you'll know why I go any drink at the McDonald's because a Diet Coke there, large, dollar. I'm cheap, so you, you get that. And then he says desserts, and I don't really get desserts. That's the thing is, I am there, and I rarely ever even get fries. I am there to get a bunch of burgers and pig out on burgers wherever I'm going and stuff like that. So I usually, like, if, if I feel a little peckish, I might get some fries or something like that. And, like, even that, like, you know, I don't want to get it from Burger King out because I don't like the fries even though I like the burgers. And then I'd have to drive McDonald's and do that to get all crazy and weird. But I don't get desserts. I don't really have a big sweet tooth when it comes you to going like to fast You don't like that chemical food. Hershey's pie that they no, have at the I, I, Burger King? And again, I say that. I've never had it. I know Jesse's got it before. I haven't had it, it either. Only thing I can really think of that might come close to something that I'd want, but I still never order is a Wendy's Frosty. Yeah, Frosty's weird. Is, is that more of a drinker? Could you drink... It's not. I would think it's a dessert, but I'm I'm not really down with that. I think that that's kind of lame, though. My kids end up liking the vanilla. A apple pie. They like the vanilla frosties. I used to like the uh, McDonald's cherry pie. Never had. I don't that have either. that anymore. They don't have it anymore. And the weird part is, I used to get that way way back, but then I read something or heard something where somebody found a rat in one, so I never got that again. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need that crap. But uh, yeah. So with that, I I have occasionally gotten the. 
Um, just the regular hot fudge sundae at McDonald's. Never did. It's okay. It's it's if my kids want something. We used to go and like, hey, you want to get Frosties, but it's never something. I was just happy as a kid if I got a Happy Meal and I wouldn't push the situation any further. Yeah. I mean, I, me and you are very similar in the idea that our version of dessert is another double. You know, right. burger. <laughs> Wash it down with, with another devil and things like that. So I don't right, really. What's my dessert now? It's going to be a double quarter pounder king. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, Tanya will tell you, I'm not a sweet guy. No, I'm just a double sweet, cheeseburger. Right? Yeah, there you go. Even like, oh, a Diet Coke. Oh, my. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really like sweet stuff. I'd rather have another burger or something along those lines. But my kids do that classic where you, you dip the fries. In like the milkshake and stuff yeah. I think that's nonsense I think that's ridiculous But that is all of the fast food Things that he wants to know about We're very yeah, limited was... Even though at one point in our town We did have one of the you know Strip of a mile of road Had the most fast food restaurants in all the world uh, But we stick to our things Me and you are not guys who like a lot of change So yeah he says see you in seven and yeah, thanks, Elise. And yeah, anybody else wants to uh, email us about anything, y'all email us. My at dessert is I'm going to go to the oh Little Caesars my. and get some crazy bread. <laughs> yeah, and, and we were talking earlier, like, I don't go with that, you know, dessert pizza nonsense that no. they had at Pizza Hut. Though, if you'd go to the Pizza Hut buffet, you worked at Pizza Hut and said that was yep. a hot item on there. And you said it probably just because it was unique. I would never make one any other time. Besides you used to fat. make like the volcano pizza you did back in <laughs> the day. Oh my God, <laughs> you were you were an artiste. I used to call you Man Ray when I went there. I'm like, hey, Man Ray, give me some of that. And, uh, like even the thing where you'd get like at uh, at a Dairy Queen. Like I, I don't know. It's weird to say like those are desserts in the line because they're more known for that more than the. I don't know. But even so. Don't really love the Dairy Queen that much, and I can't stand. I'm done with these ice years. cream cakes, and I'm done with America. I hate them. But yeah, everybody can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com, and we'll read everything. So that is that. Thank you, Luis. And we're going to go off to the Clunrad section of the podcast. Two more books. Finish it up with Wonder Woman and the Batgirls. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is tear Well that's just average shape Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hot cap Spends all his money buying all bad crap Well that's just average shape that is Eric Shea, and here we are Eric for the Clune Red section I think the first time We've ever had the Clune Red section on the podcast. I don't think that we ever had just these two books. We would have had others involved in it, I would guess. But here we are with Batgirls and Wonder Woman as our finales. We're going to start with Batgirls number six, written by Becky Clune and Michael Conrad, with Jorge Corona, Sarah Stern, and Becky Carey on the art. And this is a bit of a a confusing story that had a lot going on. And when we get to the idea of having Tudor Spellbinder, you end up having the Seers still kind of hanging around in a weird way by the end. And then mix in things like Bondo 
and a characterization of Batgirls that I, seemed a little off. I just, it's hard to grab onto this just one thing. This is not a great issue. It's still better than most of the issues. I think the last Damn. issue was one of my favorite issues in the run, even so it's not a good run overall or a great issue, but I was okay with what we're getting until the forced in idea that Bondo is going to save the day and the idea that we have to then, you know, pull like a, a ruse to the reader, like, oh my god, does Stephanie Brown Why just die? Doing no, that? it was just Bondo because it's immediately thrown away at like, you know, two panels later for some reason you want to play up the idea. A lot of this whole idea of the tutor and being working for the new spellbinder and spellbinder being Charles Dante, his former pseudo ex-boyfriend of like, you know, barbers from college, and how we're gonna use the art world to freaking, you know, free ourselves in goth and stuff like that, and take down the bat regime and all the evil people in the city. It's too much for what we get, because I don't know if we talked about it off-air or if we talked about it in an earlier review, but in the idea where we have Spellbinders, the big bad, he wants to just do a disruption to the fucking, you know, the uh, to the way we see the world, and the idea he's going to use Tudor, a former, pa- a former patient of his at Arkham Asylum, have this guy use his fear talks, and he sucks on that a little bit. But ultimately, the reason that we have a bunch of people who are working for them, zombified, you know, ask mind-controlled, uh, like, you know, villains, is because, like Kat, like uh, Steffi Brown earlier in the series, I guess they all set a picture of themselves through an email to a, for an art installation for the Tudor or a Spellbinders thing that we saw going on. And somehow, with Fear Toxin combined with a fucking phone email slash app, they can How's be taken over. How's that happening in an app? I, I don't know. But it it, doesn't this make is sense. our explanation. And in order for us to take down Spellbinder, who has the connection to Barbara Gordon... We have a really poor situation where you want to show that Barbara Gordon's really strong, even though she spent a lot of her time in a wheelchair. So we have to force Barbara Gordon and show that she's strong in a chair where she's tied to it and show that she's like, you know, hey, everybody, I don't know if you've known this or not. I've been in a wheelchair for a lot of years. I worked on a lot of my upper body strength. So we have to put Barbara Gordon in this really precarious situation to show that she's still a capable Batgirl by just having her pinned to a chair and still take out Spellbinder. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, she's been walking around. I know you've been putting her on weird crutches for some reason in this crutches. Book, but I In her crutches. But I don't understand why we have this. It almost harkens back to, like, the dagger-type story that we had in the Batgirl of Burnside and overcoming that. But here it just feels forced, and I have no idea why. This seems so much like a Burnside Batgirl deal. And, you know, unfortunately... Over the years, me and you didn't like a lot of that stuff when it was coming out. I liked Most. bits of it. I liked Frankie. I liked the talking yeah, motorcycle, which I prefer that talking motorcycle than Bondo. And so you end up, though. You know what? Somehow it wasn't as dumb a talking motorcycle. <laughs> and how can that be? I mean, even in this where in this issue, you end up having, if you do follow, say, Michael Conrad or Becky Clunan or even I think it's Jessica Chen, who is the editor, who keeps inserting herself into the book anyway, where they were so big, where they really thought that this Bondo nonsense was going to be the big thing of this week. And people were crying. Oh, my God, don't worry, everybody. You know, Bondo might be. I'm like, please, no, I don't want. But if that's what you're centering on your story, then you got some problems because there's too much going on here and nothing hitting. To the idea where everything's convoluted and confusing. You end up having Spellbinder, and we've kind of not really talked a lot about the idea that this is Spellbinder. A new this Spellbinder. spellbinder yes. A new Spellbinder in this book, and yet there's no care. What you end up doing is trope after trope after cliche. You end up, oh man, we were dating. Now Barbara's like, no, we weren't. But Barbara was dumb enough to come here and get tied up anyway. But then you have the chair. 
Oh, well, what are you going to do if you're in a chair? Well, you don't know me. Not and only I'm like, that, but forcing the narrative in previous issues where the Batgirls have defeated Tudor, and for some reason Barbara Gordon, even though she didn't really technically, you know, date, you know, Charles Dante back in college, she knew him. I want you to take this supervillain here, not to the police, not to the Arkham Asylum, or whatever it is. I need you to take him to the personal residence of this guy who I just ran into again out of nowhere. Oh, he's spellbinder shit. Yeah, the big clue then was, oh my god, Dante was Tudor's, you know, his doctor. doctor We had to find in the hard copies at Arkham Asylum because everybody just kept all the files there. That's not really that. I mean, he was a doctor. He said he was. The idea of this wasn't that he was, oh my god, the dark. It was the art therapy being more sus that you have this play in this where when he meets Tudor, he realizes, ooh, I can use my art therapy combined with whatever nonsense that Tudor's doing and his influencing fear and his fear toxing that takes over people's minds, you know, spray paint cans and things like that. And we're going to end up using an app. To, uh, this does not go from A to B to C here. It doesn't make sense. It is really forced. So then when you get to the end and you have to take that down, everybody here. You don't really have anything to base your story on of getting. So you end up, Barbara, you have to force the thing in the chair where she ends up fighting back and then putting him in a chair and then announcing to everybody, hey, everybody, by the way, that app's no good. All of a sudden, they're already, oh, man, I feel weird. I'm okay. But I'll also have an antitoxin that'll come to you. But it might not be great. It might have sex. Like the idea that you can't even end this without getting convoluted and adding things on top of things, you know, bullshit on bullshit, Eric. Is just odd. And well, even they, the idea that we're trying to besmirch the good name of the Batgirls here by having TV reporter Grace O'Halloran going to Arkham Asylum because she's mind-controlled by Tudor and Spellbinder with her cameraman to go and tell everybody, we need to take down this evil bat regime and take back the city for ourselves. A new Gotham! But it doesn't seem like the cameraman is under any kind of mind control because even when they're in the rain, he's and just a gonzo writing, reporter. We have all of these people on Arkham, like former Arkham Asylum's roof, and she wants to climb up the spire to the tippy top. <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, hey, Grace, you sure about this? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't think this is good. She's like, no, we got to get up. There's no real I don't reason know, anyway. Man. Grace might be acting a little crazy tonight. Maybe you might want to intervene here. I don't know. I'm even going with the idea that it, you have to, it seems to me you have to have the sphere toxin that keeps going or whatever. And then you're in the rain. That's not going to work. But even then, where you have to get this weird play where Clune Red, it's so odd to me where you have Stephanie, she's there, she's going to fight Tudor. And then he goes, you don't like my skeletor ass face. Look at me. I'm all, no, 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 I think no, it's I cool. I think your face is cool. I just don't like that you're a bad, no, no, no. You're like a horizontal two-face. He's a monstrosity. He's a no-face. I mean, the idea, though, that you have to throw that in somehow to make it like, oh, man, that's Stephanie. She's really accepting of people. You don't like my scars. I'm like, dude, that's more than scars. I don't even see any sort of skin. It's so all. And then even with that, like, he's like, look at me. It's Skeletor. And so he ends up where then they're going to fight him. But even the fight. You barely can tell how this ends and how it goes because it's barely the Batgirls doing anything. It's ending up with lightning, things like that going on as Grace O'Halloran. She's going to go up on the spire. Like you say, the one guy's, I don't know if you should do that. Afterwards, even when she comes out to get that on the cameras, like, I don't even know what you're playing at here. It's so goofy how well, many even things are being thrown at her back at his house with ba- Barbara Gordon all tied up. And he's painting her a portrait because the whole idea that, he uses the portrait in order to get into people's minds somehow. But, like, 
Is it that he planned on getting into her mind and taking her over with this porch until she threw a batarang at it and broke the porch? Like, was that the thing that saved her? Because I don't know. I think so. And and again, if people don't know the story of dagger type that was in the Batgirls, the Burnside Batgirl, there ended up there was an artiste who ended up, you know, kind of like this sort of deal with the street. I was going to say street magic, but you know, artists in the street magic. They had the artists in the street, but they ended up having. Cultured we are. They had a big, uh, you know, what are they? Gala or a big showing, and the idea of sending out the invites and sending one to Barbara, where it was. Uh, a wheelchair and this was where you know she wasn't in that whatnot and, oh my god it they was know a my... wheelchair with batgirl in it yeah with batgirl and then like oh my god they know what's going on and i think that what clunrad is trying to go here was if he ended up being able to complete this portrait he would be able to now know like oh i read your mind i know what's going on what's the portrait twister me batgirl like he might figure this out but there's no tension there's nothing going on, and it really ends up kind of just goofy throughout because it's such a poor setup to the story that by the end, you just don't even know what's going on. So then you just you have bombs being set, you have lightning, all these things, and then out of nowhere, the saving grace is Bondo, this stupid car that I'm telling you, they keep trying to push this, and it's only... A thing because they're trying to force it so much on us. Thank God. I think that most people, this is the idea, and it's kind of funny and sad, but when I went to see the re release of Return of the Jedi, yeah. and when you have that Ewok die, standing ovation, Eric, everybody was getting like, this is supposed to be this big, tender moment here with Bondo. I want that thing to blow up, go to the moon, into the sun, or I just get rid of it. It's nonsense. And to have it in this, the way they play it out to try to make you think that Steph- – anybody believing this? Because if you did believe that Stephanie Brown died, one panel later you see she didn't. And yeah. they're playing – the weird deal is the play here is – But don't worry. Girl- she got into Bondo with the freaking you – know, the C4 vest that she's trying to get away from Arkham Asylum because he wants to take this down. But also all of this mind-controlled people with him. So we got to save you know Tudor and all the people that are there. But she then hears on the tape deck. She is an all-star, Jim. She can do this. And I'm like, I am not here for this. <laughs> oh, my God. And and even then, you can't just have Stephanie like, okay, I'm going to drive. I'm going to take it to the bay. I'm going to jump out. She has to sit there because she's doing this. And I guess Cormorant thinks, well, you can't just have Steph. I wish it was Cass driving. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Just get in the bay. Get the hell out. And then all-star comes on. And I think that they – I really do think with all of these things, and we'll continue – with the idea of man affest destiny, the next issue, and even the Clunrad deal, the combo making the T armory, they must have a hoop writing this nonsense. I, I can just imagine that they're there hugging each other, high fiving about Bondo and All Star, thinking that somehow this hits with anybody. It doesn't. I mean, I don't want to speak for Becco fans there. Which you I'm do. speaking yeah, for myself, yeah. but. This is selling less and less and less. It is dropping out of the top 100 comics and things like because you don't have a story here. You have a lot of situations that are ill-explained, shoved together into a melding of shit. And then by the end, when you do have to tie things up, you have nothing to go with. And it ends up being convoluted and forced. The idea of a spellbinder. Being taken down by Barbara Gordon is almost an afterthought. In a chair. And, you, and you're still even that's like... that's all we're I'm, working with with the idea of this character. And it's almost like you don't have anything else, so we'll throw that in. Because you have to... It's one of those things where 
They think they have to get the reader furious at Spellbinder. That would be the way. How dare you say a chair? In the meantime, How I'm like, you? what the hell is he doing with these caricatures? He's like, hey, you, you like the roller skates? Yeah, I, I get the idea that he's making that sort of thing. He's drawing us as the, the three stooges. I don't know. But it ends up being something like you had nothing here. But yet you had too much. So I don't know that combo. But then at the end, to get this, at least now we do get rid of a lot. Maybe this we is got what rid you of the Saints last issue, at least for now. We got rid of Charles Dante and Tudor this issue. And now we have to move on to our next thing, which is the seer coming to the freaking, you know, the apartment of the back ghost right now who somehow she could still freaking, uh, you know, hack into a tube TV. And I don't know how the hell that works here, but. She hacks in right there remotely because she's there in person because she needs the back girl's help from something. So, like, with all the idea of the seer for how forced and over the top this character is. Within the room. Yeah, she's in the room. Yeah, and this little thing has over the top of the character been. She could put Oracle to shame, no problem. She could do all this crazy stuff. And for some reason, she was putting the saints on, you know, like the idea that she was Simon Saint and Simon Saint was going to order them to kill. The back girls. Now she's here. No fuss, no muss. Hey, guys, what's going on? I need your help. I'm like, what is the background of the seer that we've really cared about besides for the strange girl that was on a UFO during the magistrate city and now like she just had a vendetta against the back girls and is now needing their help? It's just such a weird idea that she's been in the background for so long she now. She has been in the background. I don't know what she's been doing besides just being a nuisance every now and again. She's been a nuisance. Now you even have Grace and you end up seeing both of them and then out of nowhere. I don't know what happened to Barbara. Art wise looks exactly like the they're like a, a triplicates now, but you end up where I still think it's a person who's related to Grace, the reporter, really does still look like it. But the idea that she comes in here and it's like, Hey, I need your help. I'm like, Yeah. You're going to get some help. You're getting help right down to the station. I, but the Batgirls don't arrest anybody or what even are you talking take about? Maybe there. Barbara Gordon has another ex-boyfriend who could help her better off than the police can. Well, this is what it is. We find out that the seer actually might be like some ex-boyfriend in disguise. But even then. It's a little child. <laughs> here, here you go. But we don't know. We, we don't, don't know, know what she's could playing be a little person, too. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, you never got anything. When she shows up, they're really pushing accessories and things to make her look like a younger deal we saw that she was in that you know ufo at things but these could be these could be played around with or whatnot but still i know again a person who likes to manipulate people and ends up with deep fakes and things like that maybe she's got some wacky nonsense it looks like whatever she has in her hand I, it looks like it's a lot of tech going on, like a mother box thing. I don't know what that thing is. Or a is. walkie-talkie. It looks weird, though. It looks like it's going to be like a, hey, this is my universal hacking device. Look at me. I'm a hacktivist. But you end I'm up surprised where, it doesn't look like a PKE meter from Ghostbusters. Yeah, really. Probably will at one point. But when she comes in, I'm like, no, no, you're arrested. And it's funny Freeze. when you mention <laughs> Freeze! You end up Again, where- you're going to arrest this woman, this young child, possibly, who knows the, the identities of all the back girls. What are you going to hear Well, then, other than that, you kill her. You know, you just like, okay, where's Bondo? Also, I like the idea where you're playing, oh, my God, the Batgirls. They're still looked at as some, you know, sus deal. They killed people, maybe. All that stuff kind of is still out there. Grace came out with a report after, you know, Tudor and Spellbinder were captured about the idea. The The thing is, though, they're playing that Stephanie is thought to be dead still. They actually, when they report it, they're like, one of the Batgirls, she's dead. So, I, But how does that play when you still have Cass and, and Barbara around? Now, then she's not dead. 
with all that going on, you mentioned the idea why did they have this? Why did the seer end up in this book? Whatever. It seems like how they have checkmate in that stupid Wonder Woman book that we have. They grab onto stupid shit. And of all I the seer stuff in I Am Batman until he moved away. Like, what was her deal with fucking Jace Fox as well? And it's just like, oh, okay, he moved away. Got to fuck with the Batgirls over here some more. I mean, the seer, though, they, they kind of, you know, morphed around. And now it's a very odd play. But, yeah, people must think that, you know, Stephanie might be dead. But do they know Stephanie's that? It's just nothing really hits. And even then, when they're so busy, they're so busy crowing about stuff and going. And even in this issue, you end up having a, unless there's uh, the tutor has a different spelling or a name. At one point, you have Barbara say, Citizens of Gotham, this is Oracle, here giving you the final live stream from Torer's account. T-U-R-O-R-S. You're so worried about this all-star Bondo shit that you can't even get the spelling right. And this is one of those books where you do have the editorial. If you go and follow her on Twitter, she is always crying about, that was my input. And I did this. Now, kind of, you know, do your job here and stop doing this nonsense because this book isn't good. And hopefully, though, thinning the herd here will make it a little better. That's what you needed from the get-go. They announced and and had too much going on. But we still have a possible serial killer in the hill who could be their neighbor. Like, that's been just kind of a side, and is that the thing, and let's go with that. It's just so And we know that we, like, you know, tied up the Saints. We don't know that they're picked up by the GCPD. They could still be out there. Again, I I just imagine And most likely, the thing that, you know, like, I think it says something about the Iceberg Lounge for the next issue, but most likely... You'll just add another bunch of shit, right? Most likely, they're the seers that are looking for help because since they told the saints about, like, her not being Simon Saint and screwing them, the saints might be after seer. They might be. And and again, if I'm the Batgirls, I'm like, no, no, you're going downtown. She'll have some way to convince them in what we do get in comics anymore that nobody's really bad. They, they're just drawn that way. And we'll end up having that, well, I'm misunderstood. And I have this, whatever, just like Barbara and every ex-boyfriend. Like, she is the worst. She's worse. Batman has to go and talk to her, not John. Go to t- say that anybody who right away the checklist, ex-boyfriend, don't ever trust Dick them. Grayson. They're your villain. Exactly. And in the vampires, Eric, see, it works somewhere in alternate universes. But even so, this whole deal, like you said, break in at the Iceberg Lounge. I'm like, no, let, let's come on. But we'll see. But what would you give this? The thing is, I'm still not a huge fan of the art, but I don't mind it here as much. And I like it's the okay, idea that we yeah. are just taking something off the table. One of the many things off the table. Is it a complicated mess of how we do it and kind of just is forced to get us to where we need. Yes, but we do do something here that I don't mind just because I want this to be off the table. Going to give this a 5 out of 10. I'm giving it a 5-5. Five, five. Uh, like you said, I think the art is a little less annoying here. There's some confusing panels, but it is the addition by subtraction kind of deal. Yes. You end up getting, you end up thinning the herd a little, but you got to keep that And Bondo's fucking dead. Bondo's done. We don't have to have that. They'll come up with Ding some dong. nonsense. I mean, they end up where... When you go on and you're writing a book and the only thing you can push is this car with a cassette tape that's ding stuck dun, in playing, you know, playing the freaking Smash Mouth, that they think that's so hilarious that they keep going on and on. And really, the big moment in this is the death of Bondo. I'm like, you're not doing the right job here. And I do want to know about children, though. That's a weird thing to say. I want to know oh. how children act right now. Just because listening to Grace O'Halloran's talk on the news about the Batgirls and how they prevented the bomb and then Steph's like, this food is bomb. And then Cass says, so bomb. I'm like, 
is that a thing that kids say? Have they just gotten rid of the? And they're like, it's not. Is it bad bomb now, or is it the bomb? I don't know. It seems weird coming out of their mouths here, and I don't understand. And I'm like, is that just because I'm an old man and these are children, or is it just that, bad writing? Yeah. I mean, at one point, I went to sleep one night, woke up the next day, and found out that somebody who ends up being the best is now the goat, not the guy who blows the game. You know, Scott Norwood. At one point, he was a goat for missing a field goal. Now Tom Brady's the goat because he's the greatest of all time. I don't get it. And even that, the bomb, and then whatever. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get. I don't get the kids nowadays. But even then, like, who made the app, and who like, like, there's more people who should be in trouble with all this story as well. And then you got Mister Doodle or Spellbinder, who's making caricatures, sir, to, to read your mind. I don't get it. But that's that. I go five point five. Uh, but the next book, I don't think I'm going to be as high on Eric. I'll tell you that. I don't know about you. You might be a little high. I fucking love Wonder Woman so goddamn much. You love this Wonder Woman, does yeah? No. This is the worst deal with this because we're going on to Wonder Woman. If I could get my notes up here, I keep pulling up these other weird notes. Those aren't my notes, Aaron. How how dare you? Wonder Woman 787. I end up, I don't know. I have a bunch of these, you know, Google Docs. No work and no play makes Jim a dull boy. What is Wonder this? Wonder Woman's a song that I was going to try to do real quick. So they are your notes, just not the right notes. Yeah, it's nonsense. Wonder Woman, it's shit on shit here. Wonder Woman 787, written by Becky Clunan, Michael Conrad, art by Manuel Lupacino, Wade Von Grau, Badger, Tom Rapon, Baloner, blocked us, and Pat Brousseau yelled at us at one point, but set us straight. I, I think that, that Pat Brousseau, he's a straight shooter. He told us how it is that the letter should get more credit. We agreed, Eric. We agreed wholeheartedly. But we go into this, and you're coming out of the trial of the Amazon. Right away, the event of the spring. That was bullshit. Like, so you're starting off with a bad foot. Like, you're already got a bad taste in your mouth about this. So, with that, either you're going to give us answers that we needed because we got nothing from that trial, or just avoid it. But no, they have to throw in this nonsense where I do not know what Wonder Woman thinks at all that she's responsible for. Where she's like, "Oh my God!" The the idea that Themyscira is well, just maybe. like. Maybe if Wonder Woman didn't force herself into the trial of the Amazon, she would have been more <laughs> vigilant and been able to take care of this stuff. You're already of stretching games. it, though, and that is true. But everybody else allowed she, you know, where was Ron Weasley to yell about it? But even then, the idea that you have this and time-wise and whatnot, we already had a coronation. They ended up, everybody was coming to the silent high five, and now all of a sudden we have to rebuild everything because of all that, you know, sinkholes and earthquakes that were never explained except for Oh, my God, El Tum, he ended up causing a sinkhole. Uh, but it, remember, they end up a sinkhole. They end up down below, Eric. And then In the they, catacombs beneath the mascara. But somehow right next to Doom's doorway and nobody realized. Now Doom's doorway, I don't know. N- Nubia shows up. I should have known you were here in the shadow of Doom's doorway. And again, is Doom's doorway. I don't know. You don't see it, but I'm guessing no. from that line that Doom's doorway is still larger than life and on the fucking like island top. I'm like, what? what? And so she's like, oh, it's just, I should have thought you were here. I should have known. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Nubia. I feel responsible for this. And I want Nubia to go, what the hell are you talking about? We already had my coronation. We had everybody here. Don't worry about it. And has a little bit of a nice line of, listen, your mom, you know, the dead woman that nobody seems to give two shits about. But she ended up going and taking your place in man's world to continue your crusade. That's what you need to do now to honor your mom because she honored you to honor you to get her to get you. 
And so she's like, I don't know, but I think I might go and find that submarine that all tomb told me about. Oh, that submarine. Should we get more Amazons to go? And it almost makes it seem like Nubia says, you want us to get our fucking bitchin' submarine to go after that? No, no. I don't want any more trouble for the Amazons. I'm like, what trouble? I mean, this whole thing, they're kind of walking around. You got a cat running around. There was nothing going on a in the trial. Cat. Yeah, the chaos cat. So with that, they had ended up, you know, closing doors Doomway. They they sealed chaos Doom back doorway. in there. They were having problems there. Except for the, the chaos that might be with Altum, that might be talking to him, that completely disappears within three panels in this because he punches a wall. Because you end up where Wonder Woman says, I'm going to go and find Altum. Now, Altum, he's off several miles south of Themyscira, off the coast of Forbidden Island. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Forbidden I Island. love these, you know, yeah, yeah, Reform Island. You got Rehab Island. You got you know, like Playful Island. I feel like that's from like the Silver Age that hasn't been brought up in every any time thing. They're like the, the idea. There's that no he's reason to bring it forbid, up. Forbidden Island and his submarine from the you know old tune who we had a big deal with the idea. Where did he get the, the submarine? In the Wonder Woman annual, talking about how I hate all fucking Amazons because you know what? My people, the Enki people, we used to live on Themyscira until your goddamn gods kicked us off and forbade us to go there. They loved you more than us, and you know what? Here I am, 3,000 years later, and I'm fucking pissed. I'm going to get our island back, and then all of a sudden it seems like I'm all tuned to Survivor. All my people, yeah, they're gone, but somehow 3,000 years ago I built a submarine. I've been living underneath of the fucking water outside of fucking Themyscira. Look at this thing. I, I mean, even in that, you, it, like, what are these vines and, like, algae in there? And you know, he's just sitting there. He's running a submarine by himself, probably making, like, weird noises. Ooh, ooh. He's there, you know, spinning wheels. This shit doesn't work. But he ends up where he has a piece of chaos. This should be big. That means that not every bit was trapped behind doors. But we don't really even know what that is. Now, you spelled out the idea of, hey, listen, my truth of what I think it is, is that we were here on Themyscira. You displaced us. You came in. You got the favor of the gods. And my people got pushed aside. I think that's bullshit. That's not what we get here because Wonder Woman comes in first off. She, I guess I can't say like she should have used the front door, but you know, it's a submarine, but maybe get the submarine. She's strong. She can get the submarine out of the water. She just rips open a submarine that's underwater to go in them to attack. And I'm all telling two. you, this thing like fills up with water so goddamn <laughs> slow. You so have to have slow. a hook. She just freaking pretty much plows a gigantic hole through a submarine underwater and goes, I imagine goes through the whole thing to get to her prey of freaking old tomb here. But it takes forever for the submarine to fill up till, you know, you could actually have a moral to the story where all tomb realizes the fucking error of his ways. Says, you know what? I done fucked up. I'll <laughs> die here. My bad. But what is going on in this altercation? Because you have all tomb. Know. Is he like, we had a little bit at the end of, I don't know if it was coronation special or the end of the, um, of the actual, uh, trial of the Amazons. Where it looks like he has more of that chaos god fucking goo on him that's that's talking to him, but I don't know how that plays into the rest of the story or how it plays into anything else we're dealing with here. I think they're just getting rid of it. You end up having him like, man, I should have won this whole thing. I ended up disturbing that trial. I was pretty cool. I made a sinkhole. And then the like, chaos how did is you like. I don't even know about it, though. I don't know. And then the chaos slime symbiote deal says, like, you, you're bullshit. You're not enough. Let me take you over. We can really cause a lot of problems. And again, it feels as if now with Plunrad here, 
they either want to get the hell out with this, you know, tomb it's not hitting, but it almost feels like they're trying to redeem this character that we never got anything about. Well, and even it even seems like twists. they're trying to retcon the idea of the Anki people, because we don't mention that at all here, because the whole idea of all tomb and all of his people that we had here, those bitches came out of Doom's doorway because the gods are like, you know what? We got these women. We're really into them. We need to give them an island. But all we have over here, fucking monster island. We need you to Open clear it Doom's out. Doorway, go over there, kill all them cyclopses and fucking echidnas and do all that shit until everybody just ends up getting killed except for all two. And we ran away because he was scared. And you know what? I understand. I, I, yeah. He's on monster island with guy. I mean, I'm crapping my pants and getting out there. Now, with that, Wonder Woman comes in and says, hey, all you got it wrong. I'm going to go and I'm going to wrap the lasso around you. Now, this is the weird deal. A lot of people play off like, what is somebody's actual truth? What's the deal? This almost feels like it's time travel and we're watching like it's a Christmas carol. Hey, look at that. What happened? The thing is, though, why don't you stress that he thinks they were displaced because they always lived there? Because that's what it seemed like. And then play that the truth is, oh, no. You're not native to Themyscira. You Never are actually were. somebody from behind, and that would have been enough for me. Well, dude, that's the whole point where we that's all we talked about in that Wonder Woman annual, how they were displaced and had to live on a fucking submarine or some shit, but now it's they never lived there. They were an army out of fucking Doom's doorway and killed some Cyclopses, and then they died. Why can't you have that in Fuck his you, mind? <laughs> because he, he stewed on this for all these years. So why aren't you having that what he believes is they were displaced and that been stewing on this for 3,000 years. If he can get back and take Themyscira, that the Anki people are waiting somewhere for him to come repopulate the island. You put the lasso around, and he realizes there is nobody left. He's the only one. And they were kind of tricked by the gods. They weren't the... That's enough. That makes it seem like, okay, it's not real badass, but he might be like, holy crap, I've sat here and thought I had a mission this whole time, and I didn't have anything, so... I'm sorry, and I'm just going to get out here in my submarine. But instead, he says, you Amazons came, and the gods liked you more, and I thought it was bullshit. Then she wraps the lasso around. You know what he finds out? The gods came, and they favored them, and he thought it was bullshit. The only thing is he thinks he's a survivor, and he ended (laughs) up hiding. But hiding was surviving. Yeah, it's all like my bad. When he says at one point, take these memories away, I'm like, what the hell are you says. I want to be here with my memories. I'm like, boy, you are a flip-flopper all to him, and you're anky my wanky going on because at the end of this part of the story, he then says to Wonder Woman, leave me alone in my submarine that's sinking, filling up with water because you ripped it apart. And she says, okay. I have a weird thing about this whole idea that we do have Becky Coonan and Michael Conrad, two writers on this book. Are and they the writers? They, yeah. The way that they present, they're getting a paycheck for writing, I think, but like the idea that they have True. such a bad representation of dead men and what his powers are, this forcing you in here and it doesn't make any goddamn sense to the point where you have this idea of a Wonder Woman annual where you're setting up your next big thing. And I'm guessing they have to like, you know, finish this off quick because they're getting fired off this goddamn book because they're low sales and nobody liking it. But the idea now that Everything has changed from that Wonder Woman annual to we have to really fucking get rid of this all tomb story in half an issue. So we have to finish this up here. But even when you have all tomb still under the idea that, man, I hate those goddamn Amazons. Gods love them. They hated me. When he's fighting Wonder Woman before his epiphany, I prepared myself for conflict since long before you came into existence. When you were but a lump of clay, I was here letting my... But she wasn't a lump of clay. That was the old continuity. Yep, they're fucking up because they don't know any... They, they end up where 
they're so busy with All Star by Smash Mouth and in this this nonsense, and they don't even know the well, character. The thing is, that Michael W. Conrad, I think, just likes looking at things from the Silver Age of Wonder Woman, maybe even the Golden Age. It's like this is gonna be cool when I put this out here. People are gonna think I'm clever. But you get the idea when he ends up with knows. that. <laughs> I just want to warn you, Eric, because. You mentioned Dead Man, which worst Dead Man we've ever had. I mean, yeah. is he actually even Dead Man? Because they eat. Or is Culebra Dead Man? They don't even know what's going on. Yeah. So with that, he's been hinting and having a lot of things that he's put on his Twitter about how much he's really digging the Spectre lately and how Fuck. great the Spectre is. I'm like, no. He's dead right now anyway. Just the idea. Well, that's the problem. He won't know that. Or if we're still in the furthest part of the timeline where the Just League are then dead, he is the spirit of darkness. So anything you do is going to be wrong. I think he's, yeah, he's just going to show up. Him and Dead Men are going to show up there like Simon and Garfunkel. They're having a concert in the park. You end up where he doesn't even know the main character. And I say he because I, I blame him. <laughs> I'm telling you, the way that he talks about this, uh, you know, it just seems like he... Like you said, he wants to throw out these things of how clever he is. No, I figured this out, but you don't even know what's going on in the regular books. And to have you and, and them, Clunrad, ruin this character and this book, you just had what could have been a character-defining event, one of the biggest events that we've had in so long with Wonder Woman. And Clunrad and every other hack writer that was on that did nothing the whole time to the point where that might have been, in my mind, where somebody said, listen, I'm going to give this one last chance. At this trial of the Amazons, you are ruining the character. You are destroying the character that should get more. It deserves way more than your bullshit here, especially when you're going, I oh, lump of clay and just throwing shit out there without it. Also, Even just the idea. all tune into the trial of the Amazons, and it didn't make any sense for the story that was actually currently going on, just to wrap it up here in half an issue. And remember, this was the all tune thing where... Conrad ended up getting in fights with people on Twitter saying that, you know, Wonder Woman getting pissed off and being angry, she's a warrior, things like that. Well, in this, and this is my problem, and I put it on in my review, the idea you can tell me that Altoom wants to die. He ends up saying, leave me here in this sub. I feel you, me, To me, really, to me, the hero play, though, is... Saving him anyway I think you still as Wonder Woman Should have still saved him That or he's going fully underwater He puts his his uh, fist up Gives a thumbs up you know, yeah, maybe thumbs one of up. Those. He, he does say Maybe eventually you'll be able to, to Forgive me and then she says well maybe Eventually you'll realize It wasn't so bad I'm like eventually It's like yeah. three <laughs> minutes from now Unless, unless you breathe underwater and This is a ruse I don't know what's going on Also what happened to that chaos bit I mean, wouldn't it have been an interesting thing to see yeah. all of a sudden it get on Wonder Woman or something, something along those lines? But I think that's like it's going but down. We with only the ship have too. half an issue. We have to spend the other half to show how how Steve Trevor's a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> the worst part though is I like how this ends. I, even the idea where we're talking about the Batgirls deal, where at the end, you know, we said subtraction, addition, you know, that whole deal. And All maybe Tomb the Seer gone. story could be okay. All Tomb's gone here. I looked forward to this just for the idea of the Enki people and Enki being the god of uh, Samaria of water and how it's going to be freaking, you know, tied to an, another, like, you know, another pantheon of the gods or something along those lines. But no, it's just fucking an asshole in a submarine. So fucking blowing horns for a kidna, the mother Sub- of monsters. Submarine. And then he even says like, oh, man, I did it all. I got a kidna. I caused a sinkhole, and Wonder Woman hears this and gets all pissed off and comes, oh man, you you did, you ended up wrecking that trial, 
really? Like, what was that trial? But she just leaves. She ends up leaving. She ends up saying, you know, sayonara, sucker. Gotta like, go if back you to die. America. It's almost like the idea, like, you know, Batman didn't kill him. The gravity did when he pushed him off, off of the roof and then turned the other way. Uh, but with all you know, that, I'm going to put go, this on a list now for the idea of, like, people that Wonder Woman has killed. Maxwell Lord and all two. Yeah. I mean, and so, again, I think that this is. Michael W. Conrad, who I said, he ended up talking about Altum in a way because Altum, oh, he laid hands on Wonder Woman. She fought back. So if you thought that Wonder Woman acted out of character, that means that you're 100% good with abuse. And he, he jumped to these weird conclusions. I ended up saying that's the most biggest bullshit to claim that somebody who's just writing a review didn't like your bullshit story because of that. And then he blocked us, Eric. But so with all of that, you go so and like I don't. Else. The doctor's psych, but it, it, it's nonsense to say that you think a story's bad, but it, oh, it's because not because I'm a shitty writer. It's because they like, you know, abuse and domestic violence. That, that's the worst thing to say, especially nowadays. When you yeah. say stuff, crazy shit like that, you're a fucking hack that doesn't know anything about anything. And you're just. Well, maybe he's listening to the pop culture podcast where I like my beer the way I maybe. like Maybe. My- well, I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> I just think that he like. How dare you not like my writing, even though it sucks and I'm terrible. This guy should not be writing both Batgirls and Wonder Woman. These are two bigger characters for these hacks to be on. But again, who else do you have? What, are you going to put Tim Sheridan on it? And we got Red X all over the it's fucking place. such a place. weird idea. He'd be going in a submarine. To, moving back to Washington, D.C. now to jump into our next story because the all tomb stuff's all yeah, finished up now. Yeah, because then you just kind of separate them, yeah. Because now we're moving on to our new story. We have to continue the Siegfried resurrected story where it really seemed like when we left that story for the trial of the Amazons that Dead Man was going to be hand in hand and showing Siegfried the ropes. But now it's all about Steve Trevor where now... <laughs> The, the latest guy that Wonder Woman has had sex with is now Steve Trevor's roommate, and it feels like a weird situation where I don't understand, or even the idea of Steve Trevor's new girlfriend, who he doesn't talk about, who he saw previously when Wonder Woman was supposedly, you know, just resurrected, even though it was a while. Is that like, still the girl call. he was, is that still the girl that he was given the, the, the slideshow about Diana? No, no, no. That slideshow was uh, was freaking out. Uh, I think he did both. I think he did it to both because then you had Edda was done. He didn't answer gone. the phone when she called. Oh, okay, I thought that he showed her as well. But what you go and what you have here is, in my mind, and this is what kind of gets me angry with this point. At the end, though, I don't mind. We, you especially, you like villain teams. You like these societies. Dude, you like cr- these things. Villainy Inc. is just up there. It's Wonder Woman, Superman's like, you know, revenge squad. Whenever you have all the villains of a character, not all, but like a good group of them get together to really take it to that hero, it gets me excited. Yeah, it, it always does. That's something you like. And, and by it's the end. It's almost like a new roster of the Justice League. Whenever you have your scenes, it's always a new roster as well for the most part. And I want to see who's going to be on the team this time. And I, I even put in my review that that ended up, you know, upping my deal a little because I thought, okay, you know, you get rid of Altoon, that trial of the Amazons, that bullshit's over, so let's get something interesting. Let's go. And that seems interesting enough. The idea, though, is you've had Cisco, Dr. Psych, he's been in the background this whole time, and he's not that even interesting in this. Yeah, he's not that interesting. I mean, he's they're going full out, 100%. I hate the ladies. I'm awful with that. And what worries me about this, and I mentioned it earlier, the idea that Becky Cloonan came up, and so much so that they're so proud of it, they had to have an editor's note in the trial of the Amazons, that she came up with the T-Armory. When I get the Cisco stuff and they're throwing milk at people saying, hey, take this milk, you cows, I get the idea that when they came up with the idea of man of fest destiny, they thought that was such clever 
wordplay that they're now going to fashion a story around it. And I don't think it's that clever. And I don't think there's going to be much more to it because the idea that there's just guys at a bridge throwing milk at people and yelling. But what is this whole idea where you have guys on a bridge, an overpass with a sign hanging from the overpass, drink your milk where they'll have glass jugs of milk. And this is the thing. But cows don't drink milk. Cows drink water, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the cows are the ladies. That's and a derogatory term for ladies. On, but it almost seems later on the idea that the ladies are going to steal our milk because isn't like Cisco is all about drinking the milk later on. So I have no, no idea that, what's that's happening. That's the thing. When he's drinking the milk, he ends up saying that's almost the, the idea of then getting into the, oh, all these guys that support the ladies, these soy boys. I mean, all they're doing. I want what you want. Freedom, liberty and hell. A cold glass of milk extra when the and soy boys that start to cry. It's weird. I mean, what? like you said, it doesn't make sense. And what this is is they're they're starting to pile on the hate for Cisco, but it's not playing out. This is like that soy boy stuff and things like that. Like that that's kind of lame for a supervillain in the DC universe. I know that people get on Twitter and say, Oh, you snowflake, or oh you soy boy, but whatever. That that you end up there's people you block or whatnot, but as a supervillain drinking milk and having your little podcast deal going on about how many look at the little guy with that big cup of milk, right? Makes me giggle. And it's such a weird thing too with the idea of like, you know, portraying this milk the way it is, whether it means like uh, you know, women are cows or the soy boys are out there and we're gonna drink our milk, which is such a weird idea because it's almost playing both ends, but all I could think about is the movie The Mist, where freaking you had the real bad, like the ultra religious woman who got a coat around her, and throughout that movie, Mrs. Carmody, I believe her name was, but the idea throughout there, she's like drinking this milk throughout, and it's so weird. I'm like, are we just playing that psycho? Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's crazy weird here? though because what you're With doing is you, they even say that you know, there's Dr. Psycho Cisco, he's on there and he's doing. He had a book at one point. Now he's got his podcast. He's obviously mind controlling people, but just like Batman, they're not looking into that. But they end up where these guys are. I mean, somebody throwing a big glass bottle. Those bottles, I know that you've had them. Most people have. Those things are thick as hell. They're like your glass. I glasses. have never had any glass milk in my life. Haven't you? I've, we've had it a bunch of times. These things are thick. Gla- they throw it off of a bridge. It hits the windshield. That is wrecking everything. But then all of a sudden, what is that? A 20-gallon jug? I mean, there's so much milk on this car. Etiquette's out. Hey there, cow. And then she, you she call me a cow. They go and attack. And then Wonder Woman shows up to lasso up a guy. And then they just end up saying, that was weird. That guy didn't know shit. Like, what is going on here? Even then he goes, you can't stop us. This is man of fest destiny. I'm telling you, when are we going to have all the things going on? My tagline was, watch your man Eric, and when are you going to get your mansplaining? Oh His man, I want to—I want to see the manager. You live in a mansion. I could play this game all day. It's nonsense. That sounds great. Can I have that mansion? Stupid shit that they're doing. That they're going to base a story off of that, and so you end up in the meantime. If you want to go that way, maybe you can do it. It just feels like we're going a different house for some reason with the milk, and it bothers me. I don't know why, but. Wrapped around this idea of Villainy Inc., which is something that I do want to see just because I love the concept of it, we had this whole Siegfried back from the dead, this ancient, like, you know, Norse warrior, and now we just have this Steve Trevor, who is now the leader of Checkmate, it seems like, is, like, you know, putting up new Checkmate organizations, he's got Etikandi in Checkmate, now he's got Siegfried in Checkmate, I'm like, is Green Arrow dead yet in this timeline? No, because Wonder Woman's still alive. 
but he was funding everything. And I have no idea what Steve Trevor is or how this checkmate has anything to do with the government, the way it's been portrayed. Or is this an older checkmate, which is like tied to the United Nations? I think they I just don't heard know. checkmate and Steve Trevor was on that team. So he throws it in. He says, oh, I had to call in favors to get this permanent With DC residence and get and get a residence, a permanent of checkmate. Like he might as well have checkmate, a big sign, right? So then he says, and this is just a little bit of not thinking things through in my mind. Where he says, "What we lack in funding, we make up. Uh, what is it? Oh, we make up for with our new recruit, Siegfried." I'm like, now your funding is it? Is Green Arrow not paying enough now from what we had previously? And I'll, I'll give you this: it's not a good storytelling because it was Brian Michael Bendis doing nothing with the idea, just saying, "Hey, look, it's Checkmate." Without I don't ever think understanding they know what, what is. Checkmate is. I don't think they realize Checkmate is a covert organization that really wouldn't have yeah. a permanent residence. I mean, Parts at one point covert. they were in that Somewhere out in the open. They were in that crazy, you know, the main heads were hanging out in a rundown church and things like that because they're going now with that. Well, where, where's freaking Commandy and all this? You know, King, who was back in the goddamn, his timeline all grown up. You explain this to me then, where he says, it was a little tricky getting Siegfried on the payroll. What with no actual identity? As if most of the checkmate things are showing their identities anyway. I mean, you have Commandy, who's a time traveler. And so the idea that they think that that's the thing that they have to stress. Oh, we, we had to fudge things for Ziggy because he doesn't have an identity. I mean, that's parcel and post with checkmate anyway. The big thing would be, why do we need him? He ain't one of the greatest detectives. Get me Cassie Sandsmark in this bitch. We'll get her up there. But even then, when you have this where, do you get that these guys on the bridge, do you get that they're normally... Great guys who end up holding the doors open no. for the late. No, they look like they're assholes. But so why? Why again? Is the play, I can't say they're just not being like mind controlled somehow by Doctor Psycho. You have to have something here that shows you that people who normally wouldn't act this way are acting that way. But we never get anything. They are horrible with setting up. And this is just what we had in Batgirls. You have to set up things. You can't just say. This is happening and expect people to, to think this hits because it doesn't. All you have is man of best destiny and a bunch of guys throwing milk, which, again, you're so confused with. I just whatever we go forward. The checkmate stuff annoys me. But then you have Etta. I love Etta, too. Her, she's so into this. You know, they're they're keeping an eye on Cisco. So she says, I have some of these tapes. Let me show you this one where they end up yelling things about your dead mother. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, that vacation they're having on the Themyscira there to Paradise Island. I heard that Wonder Woman's mom died. It's hilarious. Such a weird idea, too. But, like, how is everybody hearing about what's going on in Themyscira and stuff like that? Like, well, we have that weird, like, you know, that mirror image, cracked mirror image of Wonder Woman that stayed behind who's calling Sweetheart Sweetheart? Like, I wouldn't even want to know the idea. Is this just national news of the, like the trial of the Amazons, the pilot is death, like everything going on? Or is it the idea that because we have a mirror image, so like construct of Wonder Woman on the team, is she able to pass off, you know, yeah, information? I don't, think that she, I don't think that she would know any information of anything since she's just. I don't know why I anybody think, knows anything. Well, he's not the be all end all. That's the other weird thing about this. Oh, you have management as well. Management where they're probably giving him some, he probably has some information networks. But what I love here is where you have the coming. I, I think Emmanuel Lupacino is a great artist. Oh, so no, you end great, up yeah. where you have this script going, but I think that things get a little wonky between all that. Now, of course, also you have Cisco because he's got to be this toxic male, and they all smoke big cigars. So he's doing that. He ends up, I swear to God, if he doesn't slap the ass of Sweetheart every time she walks by, something's wrong. 
he's going over the top. But when you end up saying, by the way, I have this team that I'm working with, Dr. Poison, our alchemist. Dr. Poison is in the middle of what looks like a office with a library. A townhouse, yeah. Just there with a syringe. With, but, like, what does she do? Just walk around with this because that's her thing? She always like, wants to like make that. sure that you push that little air pocket out of there wherever she goes. She's just walking around with the syringe. Gotta make sure that my poison kills with not a freaking air pocket in your bloodstream. Here's my man, Double Dribble. It's me, and I'm trying to dribble a basketball the whole time. They're like, can you stop this for a second? Then it's like, and also, we got, and Professor Calculus. This guy's working the ticker tape thing. He's looking. He's got a probability engine. You can figure out stuff in the future from this probability, and we're playing the stocks. I mean, seriously, this would be like, you know, hey, on my team is Deathstroke, and he's like, Rubbing himself, talking about I, I don't even know. It's so ridiculous. You got but sweetheart, he, my familiar. Actually, she's more of a pet. She acts as my eyes and ears. But if you want to know the truth, she isn't all that good at anything. Isn't that right, doll? Yes, doctor. Yes, doctor. You know, in my mind, sweetheart is going to be the linchpin of taking him down. She's going to end up having enough of this. Wonder Woman's going to come in. You could be your own person. You don't have to take this bullshit from this guy. You are right. It's it's well, small I really wonder. Love the idea that you have, well, if, if, since Image Maker's not around anymore, who constructed this Wonder Woman, maybe she can have her own free will and is just playing this whole thing where she is more Wonder Woman s than we know. Seriously, if that lasso is going to go on her, and she's going to realize her true self, and then she's going to smack that asshole right in the face and say, "You you get your own cigars," but then you also have the twin shadows, the directors of the horde. Ay ay ay. Who seem to be operating remotely, and I don't know if it's in a TV or if it's on a fucking, like, you know, know, it's actually a mirror or something along <laughs> those lines. But it's weird, too, because they have pieces in play to already for us to take over the world. And they're like, we operate strictly to police management. So we have a, another management where it does seem like, for some reason, Twin Shadows were management, but they're still middle management. We have some yeah, they're on, middle. We're going to have to some see some hard above them that we have to yeah. worry about still. And maybe we'll find out. Maybe that'll be cool. But in that, I mean, Billy even Inks. at the end. When he yells villainy ink and you end up where they're posing off and there's Dr. Poison like that syringe. Also, just to point out, they throw out of nowhere where Dr. Poison's like, get this, Ziggy, I heard that he originally died because of poison. So that means he's susceptible to poison. No, most living people are. Most living people are. To that, that that's well, so ridiculous. That's the linchpin of going forward, which is like this is what killed him in his first life, and now it's going to be like the Dread Pirate Roberts, where he's been taking that iocane powder and has a fucking tolerance to it. That's all it is. He's like, give me the poisons, and, and even well, in even this the idea where it says here, her concoctions are already setting the stage for our conquest, and a little bird has informed me that that cowardly traitor Siegfried has a particular sensitivity to her cocktail, you know, poison. But the idea, like. This cowardly traitor of Siegfried, I still don't fully understand how he came back how to life was under a spell and was Shining Knight, and now he's a fucking no I don't understand. None of this makes sense. And so you also, just to throw the nonsense on the nonsense bullshit on bullshit deal, you still have to deal with Ziggy like, I don't understand this world. Fish out of water. It's melon conditioner. And I, it is I my guess scent that's I've a chosen. That, the funniest thing is he's fine with the term like conditioner. But he's like, this melon, they say it's a fruit. <laughs> What's going on? When is he going to be what like, they say I about really, the conditioner, Siegfried? What I really want is he comes in to take down Psycho, and Psycho somehow fell into a cardboard box. Ziggy finally thinks, oh, man, that's one of those little guys. Now, that's a TV. <laughs> you can see a little guy in there, but it's not. It's really him. 
I, I just when you have this last thing, I love that you have this professor calculus. He's still looking at that ticker. Got to watch some stocks yeah. closely. Like, they're like, "What are you doing?" Like I'm here giving this big speech at the end, and, and Doctor Doctor uh, Poison ends up syringe in a little vial. She's ready to go, right? And then, oh man, I guess that. And he ends up saying, like you said, he has like a um. Like the the machine, what is he? Probability engine that he's running yeah. so he can get the money from the stocks. But I thought you had upper management. This should be funded. But he's got the fun. I, I don't get it. Just like checkmate. Everything is just there. And by the way, I smoke cigars and slap ladies on the ass. Woo! Let's I go, soy boys. Let me. And you're going to end up where you know that you already said it. So maybe your part. You said it at the beginning of the, the episode. You wanted to be a member of this villainy incorporated. Look, the only reason is because I like the idea of a villainy anchor, but we had, if we were dealing with the Superman Revenge Squad this podcast, I'd be a member of that. Yeah, oh, I know. You end up, though, where Soy boy. this stuff <laughs> <laughs> this stuff going down, where it's so weird, because what is going on with the idea, hey, everybody, is it going to be revealed to the public? I mean, they say that this thing is going through the roof, everybody likes Psycho, but legitimately, I think that one of those two twins, I think that they are... The Shadow Twins, one's a boy, one's a girl. It looks like they might be that like fraternal type deal. So he's legitimately working with three women. Yeah, I don't know, but it does look like you have one that's like a little bit skinny. I don't know. But even so, it looks like half of his team are women, but they're okay with it. But he's good, but they're villainy. They're going with this idea of this. And I just I I got a little bit excited at the end saying, Okay, at least we're kind of narrowing this down. And I like Cisco and so let's do something Because he's been behind the scenes Kind of nonsense when he showed up and You know of the mind of Val That didn't make sense the Shining Knights of Ziggy Didn't make sense half of the stuff They end up where you know hey When you were a lump of clay no when you End up in the sphere of the gods the Phantom Zone No dead man ridiculous Like all these things are bullshit Maybe this will be good Maybe but it's just they're Just running through this book and just Tearing it down and making Wonder Woman not a book that anybody, you know, probably thinks that they need to read because I don't think that it's very important or anything with that. And all this stuff, if, if anybody, when they come on this, because it does feel maybe you're rushing, maybe when they get to December, you end up Dark Crisis will have creative team changes and everything. So they'll finish up this. Please don't reference this story ever again. Please. This is nonsense. But what would you give this? Four out of ten. I like the art a lot in this, but the thing is, I don't like very much else. And the thing is, I'm just giving the art the benefit of the doubt here by doing a hell of a job, and I don't want to take more away from it because of the crappy, crappy writing that does not understand Wonder Woman or the characters involved. No, that's the problem. You, You can't even trust them to do anything because they don't even understand their main character, and... She's kind of like a tropey caricature herself. I mean, she shows up. They they even in this issue does the thing where she leaves somebody to die, you know, and, and all to him. I know that he's kind of bad, but is he and whatnot? He's very yes. confused. He ends up not understanding things she says and actually has to show her or show him the truth, but then just leaves him there to die in a submarine. She actually wrecked. Goes back and then catches a guy with the lassos, you know, jumping off a bridge saying, hey, and even then the guy looked like he might have been killing himself, but she stopped it. But then afterwards, hey, did you get anything with that lasso? I mean, this lasso with one thing, it'll have your truth of all time. This guy just doesn't understand. Eh, He said he didn't really know why he was doing that or whatnot. So what's the play here? I, I just don't get it. But yeah, 
four out of ten. Four out of ten for me as well. And I did like the art, so that shows you. What's your book of the week? My book of the week is Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 11. Mine is I Am Batman, number, is it number seven? Was nine. It? I Okay, number nine. So, yeah, that was mine. I'm continuing like that. I want it to be a little better. That was a little forced, but I thought most of the books this week were a little bit down. Hopefully, that ends up changing. Next week, we have you know, a nice amount of books and some things that we've been enjoying, uh, starting with Batman Superman, World's Finest, number three. We like the first two issues enough. So we'll see how that goes. We have Batman the Night number five, a book where I hope it starts to rebound a little. I want it to get back to, you know, being cool and showing us some I things like that I think too. we did. And I didn't like last issue. I thought that that was kind of a, hey, let's show this going on real quick up in the Himalayas and then let's get the hell out of here. The but we'll see. Ghostmaker as well. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll show more of that as well as they go off. We have Catwoman number 43. Uh, Teeny Howard on that book. We were enjoying it at first, and then it kind of got a little wonky. The last issue to end the story that didn't even seem like it really had started off, and now we're going to go with a Harley, you know, team up. That seems a little odd the way that it was playing this almost was, street level deal. I was thinking this week too, where the idea that well, I was thinking about Batman Returns the movie and how we had in that movie a made up villain that was Christopher Walken's character Max Shrek, this you know, just kind of an evil businessman. I'm like. Why don't we just take that character, put him in the comics continuity for Wonder uh, for the Catwoman to go up against as well? Because I think that could be a really cool thing, especially if you make him look a little Christopher Walkety. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but do you need Harley in that book? No, I don't need Harley in that book. Well, unless you're going to do a Gotham City Sirens thing. Yeah, I mean, even then though, we we had a cool story going on that didn't seem like it was. Like, it seemed halfway Black done. Black Mask lost ended. his mind, Jim. <laughs> in his mask. Oh my goodness! You're going to have to get another casket. You stupid guy with your teeth clean and bullshit, right? That's what I did care. Had a nowhere kind of forced to get to that. <laughs> we point did like that, that though, but uh, just as a joke. But it was very forced. We have Nightwing number ninety-two. Let's see what's going on there. I don't I know. It's heartless. I think Nightwing will be on top, Eric, and I. You know what I mean. Uh, I think that he'll do all good things and everything will be great. But I hope to get on to that. We have Shadow War Zone. Number one, a Shadow War tie-in that seems to be like a little anthology deal of, hey, what do you think that Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter are doing protecting those Deathstroke Inc. people? Seems like a weird situation that you don't need for the story involved. I know, and there's, I think there's three stories, uh, I think by three separate writers, one of them being Joshua Williamson, so you have that. Hopefully it works out. Yeah, maybe. It just seems weird. It, It seems out of place. Like, suddenly it's like, what? What the hell is this? And then also a book that we've been enjoying, The Flash, number 782. So we have uh, that. So with that, two of those books will be the hell Patreon was the last issue only. Of the Flash? Do you remember? I believe the last issue. Now, here's the deal. Was the last issue, of, but now I'm thinking of Nightwing being at, well, but I think that was the Nightwing issue. I believe that the last issue of The Flash. Oh, you know what it was? We had Kid Flash in there, and they were going after. They're going back to Warden Wolf and Iron Heights to figure out why the hell Shrapnel was out. We liked the way that ended. We thought it was no, a little No, it was a Girder. The, One of them. Yeah, Girder was out doing nonsense. Okay. They were going back. But we did think it was a little bit forced wonkiness of how Wally and Wallace were interacting. But it's cool to have them in the book. And going forward it just that. odd. It felt odd. It, it felt weird. Like it almost was playing off on the page that they didn't know each other. Exactly. Yet they would reference things about how they've known each other all their life, which they did. So it just felt a little odd. 
like you said, maybe not for But previously, Luron. during the War for Earth 3 time, we did see that Warden Wolf was letting Blacksmith out for some nefarious means to gain some money for whatever Warden Wolf wants to do, and whatever that means going forward, he also let Gerd around and apparently went to Chicago with him. Yeah, he has the Iron Heights squad going off, the Flash Revenge squad. <laughs> Just have all of them. You mean but, the Rogues? Uh, Oh, yeah, well, the rogues are kind of pushed aside. I don't know what they're actually doing. Well, the doing thing is, the last them. time I think we saw Blacksmith, she had started her own rogue, so. Oh, yeah, so we'll see how that uh, develops and things the like Wolf that, but pack. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'd be, that actually would be pretty good. I'm going with it. We're calling them the Wolf Pack now. And again, Warden Wolf was kind of a funny thing because we'd always keep bringing him up from even, you know, back in New 52 and the DCYOU. He was, he was having some new rules. He was setting up. But nobody was going with it, but now he's coming back, Eric, with a revenge on his mind. So we'll end up seeing that. Two of those books will be on our Patreon-only spotlight that comes out every Thursday night. They'll be picked by the badasses to get fresh crew. Uh-uh. <laughs> and if you want to listen to that, just go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience. Sign up to the levels. Go there. You get to listen to a lot of things. Have some fun. And, yeah, even some stuff that we actually do like. Uh, that is a uh, surprise. It's points. But also, just to throw it out here, this month of May, there is an annuals week at the end of the month. And that Pretty will be time. the whole show will be Patreon only. That's another incentive to go over and join up in that one. Any level gets that dollar for a month. You can get that and a bunch of other things, including the early access to this show. This show comes out Saturday night on the Patreon. Then you have to wait Sunday. With that, I end up right when we're done. I go to edit it, and I am really tired now, but I will do that. But with that, that annual's pretty big week, Eric. Pretty big. You have like a Batman annual, a Superman annual. You also have the kickoff to Road to Justice League Road to Dark Crisis something or other. And then some other things, Eric. I yeah. do believe you have the ending of the Shadow War as well. So some big things going on there. Give people a little incentive to you know help us out for everything we do here as well. So with all of that, though, that's it. I'm I'm like crashing now. I feel like I am coming down. I better go get the uppers now, right? I better go get. I I'm just gonna drink some coffee and end up editing the podcast. But with all of that, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.